Welcome to Creative Block, where your hosts speak. And Sean, uh, I have a Lobo voice for now for this podcast, for this episode. Uh, we interview people <laughs> in creative industries about their life, work, and hobbies while we doodle jam. <laughs> we ask people on our social medias if they had specific topics they want us to discuss, as well as some drawing prompts. Today we have with us Uchama! Welcome, bear, 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 bears. What's up, dude? Welcome on. Not much. I am. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. This is this is daunting, but but really exciting. I was I was surprised by the invite. So this is gonna be this is gonna be cool. I'm I'm so excited that you were down. You come on the pod. I've followed you for a long time on Instagram. I think like a couple years, and I found you through your reels. Actually, your reels are so fun. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's 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 very that's very high praise. Thank you, thank you. I I'm surprised the reels thing actually was the reason because you know like I think with the shift to to reels being the big mm -hmm. thing, especially on Instagram, it was like. It was kind of scary, like going from doing mostly comics to doing animation just to kind of, mm -hmm. you know, keep up with the 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 evolution of of, of content on there. Mm -hmm. It was kind of it was kind of a, a big task. So I'm glad that that that's what hooked you a bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, because it's it's kind of crazy because at first I was like, I was like, oh, well, that's like, oh, a new internet animator that I'm really excited to find out about. And then I was like, wait, you do comics? I was like, you do animation and comics? And I was like, what's that all about? And <laughs> and you have like this whole like, like super long webcomic that you've been posting on the webtoons for like, how long now, would you say? Wow, it's it started posting in like, I would say early 2022. Mm -hmm. But I've been working on it since like, like 2021. So it's mm -hmm. been posting for about a little over a year, a little over a year. Mm -hmm. uh, we're on hiatus now, but mm -hmm. there's about like 120 episodes in season one. Uh, and I'm currently working on season two. Oh, I like that you call it seasons. That makes it sound so official. I like it. Yeah, they, they do that. It's interesting because Webtoon, like that was the big thing that shocked me is uh, like they, they, they break their chapters into episodes. Like they don't mm -hmm. call it chapters. They say, oh, this is episode one, episode two, episode three, and then you get a season. So it makes you feel like you really are making like, you know, your little cartoon. It feels more official that way, I guess, you know? That's cool. Is it a, I, for some reason, I thought you were doing a Webtoon canvas, but is it a Webtoon original? Uh, it is a Webtoon original. It Webtoon started, yeah, it's super dope. <laughs> That's I, it's, so cool, it started, dude. Hell yeah. it, it's, it's shocking. I really did not know that that was like a job for, for a very long time. And I did originally start posting on Canvas. That was kind of the mm -hmm. like the the intro into it because I was I was working almost exclusively on on Instagram. And then I had a couple friends who were telling me, "Hey, you should get on Webtoon. You should publish your thing on Webtoon." And so I just started formatting them and then posting them on there. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of when it caught the eye of an editor there, and they said, "Hey, would you want to make this into a Webtoon original?" And I was like, "That would be." super sick so i so i so i definitely left it the chance to do that it was really really serendipitous how that worked out that is so awesome everyone's probably gonna know what it is already but if you want to how how do how do people find your webtoon yes so my webtoon is called vibe check it is a comedy man what what to say what to say about it it's like it's basically just a wacky buddy slice of life fantasy comic type thing that's just 
I don't know, just things that I find funny and, and, and things that I find, you know, interesting and just like a little story about finding oneself and finding your path and all that. And it's a Webtoon original. And that's super dope. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was wondering, you probably get this question a lot, but I was wondering how much of it is out of bio because it feels because of the slice of life quality of it. <laughs> okay. You know, it's because it's so like, it's so zany. So yeah. very little of it is like directly word for word, like reading it, you're going to be like, okay, this definitely did not happen. But yes. a lot of it is inspired by, by, by real events or just like lessons or, or just like, you know, funny things that I've experienced in my life. Mm -hmm. And it, and it really came about in a, in an interesting way that allowed me to kind of explore topics like that through the comic. Uh, because it, it definitely started on Instagram as a very like basic, like slice of life comic strip, you know, and, and a lot of a lot of comic artists have that, especially on like Instagram, where you'll have comics about yourself and it'll just be like day to day things that are funny or like, you know, situations that happen. And Vibe Check kind of sprouted out of that. But then once I moved it to Webtoon, it became something where I really wanted to add a story around it. And so it ended up being this weird, like semi-autobiographical piece of fiction which, which which was really which is a really interesting thing to to play around with because you know having a main character be yourself mm -hmm. there are like a lot of <laughs> a lot of tricky traps that you can fall into as like you know the writer you know trying to make it authentic but also trying not to not to not to fall into the self-insert thing because that's a very yes. easy trap to fall into that is so <laughs> true know? yeah 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 what would you say so you you talked about there's like a bunch of traps from the top of mm -hmm. your head. What would these traps be for, for you? <laughs> okay. For certain, there are definitely elements where when you're doing a self-insert, it is very tempting to downplay your faults and mm. to play up your quirky, funny traits, you know, mm -hmm. even, even your flaws. Look how cool and hot and I, I am. Yes. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like, it's like, look how interesting I am. Even even like the flaws that a lot of people will add to their self inserts tend to be a little bit. It like turns into a like rag when people do it sometimes. Yeah, it's like I'm I'm like you know there's the basic ones like I'm super awkward and mm -hmm. I'm like you know I don't really know how to talk to people and like you know I'm kind of an introvert and it's like well yeah we're you know as artists that's something that is very relatable, but then it's it's harder to kind of go into things like you know a crippling fear of failure or like you know being someone who who pushes people away out of fear of like alienating people naturally stuff like that mm -hmm. and those are those are traits that i think are way more interesting to portray in a character especially a self-insert and mm -hmm. it's really easy to get a little skittish about that you know it's, it's a very vulnerable thing trying to write your own flaws into a character while maintaining like the authenticity of it and not like embellishing or making yourself look better than you are you know and that's and that's a tricky thing it's a tightrope act but i think like just straight up being honest and like making you know the comedic spin of it you know real it, it kind of it kind of becomes more relatable through the fact that it's not a sanitized version of your personality you know so true and i think that's like what you're describing really shows through in your comics because as i was reading them i was like i wonder how you balance that because you your 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 character who's sort of you or inspired by you is both like we can root for him 
and he's also flawed like in a way that is very endearing but not like you said not too like expected i guess like uh so that's that's really interesting yeah it's yeah it's it's really it's 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 a fun kind of puzzle to put together where it's like how do i portray a character who is me but like not quite me and like is learning the lessons that i've learned through my life but like approaching it in a very real way where it's like, no, it takes a lot of time for you to really get with the program. It takes time for you to really accept things that maybe in real life you have accepted, you know, but mm -hmm. like the character has to learn it again. And so yes. you have to kind of confront, like, how did I react to that the first time? You know, how did I deal with like interpersonal conflict or grief or like, you know, things that I'm kind of embarrassed about my reaction to? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I think kind of parsing that becomes tricky, but it's also really rewarding when you like put it out there authentically and people respond to it in a in a positive way, you know? Yeah, that's so true. And and it's it, it's it's fun too because like you have a style. I was just talking about that before we started recording, but like you have a style that is kind of like this amazing perfectly well i'm trying to find the word like it's like the right it's the right amount of like anime cartoons like like old school cartoons internet memes <laughs> and, you know it's just it feels very modern and fresh and also your drawings are very appealing and i, I so i guess i was the question that follows that is like kind of like how did you kind of come up with your style? What are your inspirations? Oh man, I I think that I was so happy when you were describing how you perceived like the inspirations in my work because that was kind of spot on, you know? Like I loved anime growing up, but I also loved cartoons a lot, like, you know, Western mm -hmm. cartoons and stuff like that. And so a lot of my inspiration comes from, you know, both of those worlds, mm -hmm. you know, like there was an element of, of, of like, early early dragon ball for example that inspired me a lot and that was kind of my gateway into anime but then at the same time you know the the western cartoons that were just on tv at the time also really really inspired me um and so like i i i couldn't choose like as a kid i i really i was all over the place in terms of like my art style and i never really like that's never really changed where it's like i really want to know how to do all of the things that I like when I see something, I'm like, I want to know how they did that. I want to understand why I like that, what's appealing about that to me. Mm -hmm. And so like my art style would shift. If I lined up my notebooks, I could point at it and tell you what show I was really, really into at that time, because it shows in the way that I drew my characters or the way that I just expressed my, my art. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that, where it's like you go through a phase where you're drawing a lot of characters that look a very specific way. And you're like, oh man, I was just really into like Danny Phantom at that time. Or like I was really into like Teen Titans or Ben 10 or whatever. And because all of those things, you know, there were there was a period where a lot of those things were inspired in turn by anime, you know, anime is kind of like influenced into the West. And so like the way those things blended, it was just kind of like the perfect hybrid of things I was already into. And so just like kind of combining those elements became something that really inspired me a lot. So I really try to capture that in what I do and, you know, just kind of, doing what feels natural but also 
is stuff that I would want to watch, you know, like mm-hmm. the the cartoons and anime that I think look cool. Those definitely all influence the way that I, I draw now for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. I It's cool because I think you have this way also, and it's not just in your drawing style, it's also in the way that you pace your stories and the way you do your jokes. Have you, okay, I wanted to ask if you read GTO, Great Teacher Onizuka, or if you've watched the anime. I haven't. Is it is it good? <laughs> I, have, I, haven't, I actually it's... haven't heard of that one. It's kind of it's kind of dated now. I don't know if people listening if so if you're listening to this episode right now, let us know in the comments what you think of this anime or manga because I loved it as a as a teen, but it's got some like kind of like old school like gender stuff in there, so uh... just be warned about it. But they do like but the way you kind of cut to the faces and they and you know and you do like this like really like like dumpy face sometimes yeah oh my gosh yeah those those are some of my favorite things to do and like that (laughs) it it comes out of several things you know like there was an era of, of cartoons that really like pioneered some of that stuff like ren and stimpy did it a lot Mm. spongebob did it a lot spongebob is is the one that i more grew up with ren and stimpy was just like a little bit a little bit before my time but like spongebob did it a lot uh flapjack did a lot chowder did it sometimes as well where it's like they call it gross-ups yeah where it's like it's a close-up and it's just like somebody's reaction to something or it's just like a really really like grotesque like realistic drawing and those were always the funniest parts because to me a lot of comedy comes out of people's reactions Mm -hmm. to what's being said what you know somebody reacting to another character and I think that's a like a big staple of comedy that I enjoy where it's like you can have two characters who are completely not funny people but the way they interact with each other can be funny just based off how they react to each other and so much of that is in the facial expression that it's like even an implied facial expression can be hilarious you know what I mean like one of my favorite comics is it's this it's so dumb it's this like stick figure comic and this one stick figure runs into frame right and he's like he's like hey check out how hard i can pee and he just like (laughs) it's just like this panel of him just like just flooding the panel with just like he's just peeing like like and the other character is just standing there and then the last panel is just a close-up of his face and there's no face on his face it's just a circle but it's like the implied like face is enough to be a hilarious punchline because you know that his reaction is just like how do you react to that you know like the absence of an expression is funny so it's like there is so much power in like just a face and so when it comes to comedy so much of what i like is is portraying the humor in something just by somebody reacting to something absolutely outlandish or ridiculous you know (laughs) oh yeah i think that uh one of my favorite things recently are it's like glow-ups where it's not like a gross frame it's like (laughs) how beautiful or how cute or how pouty or whatever how sparkly they look just like an opportunity to like all of a sudden you break the style almost and you like go in on a frame and uh and yeah I, i i like those a lot those are so great like and that's the thing it's like it's it doesn't have to be used to gross people out. Like the, the fact that you can like kind of flex, you know, using, you know, just something that's actually just really visually appealing. You know what I mean? I Like breaking style is, to me, is really important. It's like, you know, it, it emphasizes things in a way that yes. you won't get if you just keep things the same. 
And that's something that I think anime artists figured out before like Western cartoonists, I think, which I, is that- I agree, yeah. Cause yeah, in the panels- Anime like, breaks down all the time. Yes. <laughs> well, in older anime, I guess, because I feel like, I don't know if you've kind of, you still read manga or still watch anime, but I feel like the newer yeah. anime doesn't do it as much. It's a little bit more serious. Yeah. That's true. I'd agree. Back when it was like kind of like really like kind of like silly, kind of like the more like Naruto or like Shin Chan Bleach. or something. Yeah, but even even like yeah. your your shonen typical anime that was like mostly adventure but had comedy baked in it as well, because early Naruto has these like really like silly moments as well where they kind of like break the style and or or like Dragon Ball. Early Dragon Ball does it a lot too. Yeah, yeah it's 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 it's. I think it's a beautiful thing. Like I I just think that. Because anime, at its core, like if you look at characters in anime, they do adhere to like a lot of actual proper proportions. You know, like they'll have, you know, they'll have their big eyes or whatever, and their like tiny nose and their tiny mouth or whatever. But mm -hmm. then it's like if you look at their bodies, they're drawn very like proportional to like actual human mm -hmm. bodies and everything. And so when they break style, it's a lot more apparent because it's this huge juxtaposition. You'll have a character, and then suddenly you draw them like you know, they'll be two feet tall with a giant head and their face will be drawn completely differently and all of this stuff. Whereas with American cartoons or like Western cartoons, at least when I was growing up, there was like a style that was a little bit less realistic and a little bit more, you know, goofy and exaggerated, but mm -hmm. then they wouldn't really push that too far. It's like you would stay consistent with that style for the most part, even throughout all the comedic bits and everything. And so I, I think blending those two things is really interesting, like having something that is wacky but then it could be wackier you know what i mean you could mm -hmm. make it crazier or sometimes it's like doing the inverse where it's like oh well this is super goofy but i'm gonna like flip the script a bit by making this character look super proportional and like realistic or like making them look on model which in and of itself is is an interesting like you know twist on the style mm -hmm. yeah and you kind of do that with your two characters too because you have uche and you have Viperi, <laughs> it's so it's yeah. so funny to me that like it's so funny to me that you have this concept which is kind of like a fairy god. I thought I, it's so smart too that you called him Viperi because it is literally a fairy godmother. Uh, <laughs> yes, <type of> <laughs> yeah. exactly. And I think that you know, like <laughs> the way he came about was so funny, and I love just talking about the vibe fairy as a character because he's one of those characters where. He is just the perfect example of of committing to the bit where mm -hmm. it's like it started as an inside joke with one of my friends. Just just the concept of that kind of dude existing was just like <laughs> a joke we made up uh, where it's like, OK, you know, we we're talking about just conflict and, and, and dealing with people. And my friend was like, oh, yeah, like I'm, I'm like there's this person I'm, I'm, I'm having like issues with. And it's like, I can't get a straight answer out of him. Like, he won't just talk to me about the issue. It's like, we're talking about it. And he's only talking in terms of like vibes and energy and like mm -hmm. manifesting. It's like, he won't be like, hey, you know, you're you're upsetting me. He's like, your vibes are off. You're throwing my vibes out of whack. You know what I mean? It's like, I can't get, you know, I can't manifest the proper energy in the situation. It's like, I can't, how do we communicate? It's like, we're speaking a different language. And so I, I just love the concept of somebody seeing the world in terms of like purely just energy and the spiritual and all of that stuff. And then juxtaposing that with somebody who's just like having a really shit day <laughs> and just like, <laughs> it's just like, I'm having a really bad day. 
I just like, I just don't want to interact with anybody. And someone's just like, Hey man, your vibes are off. You know, that's the, that's the problem. It's like, like some toxic positivity shit. Like they're, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're, they're coming, they're coming like, Hey, you're never going to turn it around with an attitude like that. You gotta like, you know, everything is good, dude. And he's like, no, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, he's like, dude, my, my grandma died. He's like, have you tried meditating? Like (laughs) it'll it'll fix everything. And And it's like, it's, it's, I think, as I was writing the character, because it was so funny, the more I wrote the character, the more endearing it became, where I was like, no, like this guy, this guy means well, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. at his core, he is trying to help. And that evolved to like, you know, he's trying to help, but he doesn't really have the, the language to like communicate it. And like, there's just like almost a language barrier in there where it's like somebody is just seeing the world purely literally and somebody else is seeing it like in the metaphysical and it's like how do these two interact and how does one try to help the other but then like <laughs> the the element of what if he's right you know like <laughs> that was the most interesting that's when it kind of clicked for me that's when all the comedy started to make sense was when i was like what if he's actually right you know what i mean and like mm-hmm. this this kind of literal reading of the world is is really elementary and you really do need to to check your vibes you know what i mean um and so that's how i started kind of approaching the the dynamic and it became way more fun after that because i realized that's like that's just so good like having one character be like the relatable character but he's the wrong one you know like the (laughs) the one who's the outlandish weirdo actually has the answers and i was like that's 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 kind of that's kind of real in a way you know what i mean there's so many people i've met where i'm like this guy's a you know this guy's a lunatic but and you realize, oh no, yeah, he's got a point. But it's, it sucks to hear the answers sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it does, dude. It does, and like that them. was like, yeah, we don't. We, like, you know, look, I'm I'm comfortable in my in my ignorance. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, sometimes sometimes you do just want to like return to the ooze. You know what I mean? I don't want to be intellectual. Anymore. I don't want to be a higher functioning being. I want to be, I want to return to plasma or whatever. You know, like, and so somebody telling you, Hey, here's a solution to your problem. And it requires you to work on yourself. Like, I don't want to hear all that. You know what I mean? Like everyone else in the world just... change around me to, to accommodate right. exactly. my, yeah. exactly. I'm the main character and I'm also the victim and nothing's my fault. And, and I, you know, woe is me, all of that. Just let me wallow. And then somebody being like, Hey, some of your problems are your fault. And you're just like, Hey, none of that. Hey, <laughs> Hey, dude, your your vibes are looking kind of red. I heard about this cool chakra recipe where if you mix blue vibes with your red vibes, it turns into purple, which is pretty chill and something that you enjoy right now. But you know, I'll stick to bang energy. Thank you very much, and and, and staying up till four a.m. That'll help me. Out. So, you know, you can take your advice elsewhere. I only I only drink off like more like off brand energy drinks that you'd come across at a gas station. I only drink venom. I only drink venom energy. Oh just it all just I only drink poison energy. Poison energy. That's real. Honestly, with some of the some of the energy drinks I was drinking back in the day, I don't know how I made it where I am. It was, that was truly truly self-destructive behavior. Look, I was I was convinced divine inspiration strikes at 3 a.m. So you got to you got to stock up on energy drinks so you can stay up and actually, you know, create the the best stuff. Little did I know it would just make me delirious, which 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 worked for comedy in some aspects, but like you know, for general health, absolutely. And she used so. to make my uh, give me the spins. I used to like stay up all night, <laughs> and it used to like make me like the world spin. It's just like like some. I like thinking of like made up like energy drink 
like slogans like fight fire with fire <laughs> it's like well right. uh, <laughs> like being tired's bad so do something worse at it <laughs> you know heck yeah not only is it bad for you but they give you the worst imaginable advice it's even better so, sometimes the only cure for poison is more poison oh, you're, like, oh, God. you're like talking about drinking these energy drinks and like bad diet in your comic you have this joke about drink like just only surviving of cereals and milk is that based on experience or <laughs> look so so you remember when i was talking about things that aren't very flattering about yourself that you have to talk about sometimes <laughs> this is i think this is one of them where it's like you know sometimes choosing healthy food options is hard all right and, and that one wasn't like a serious one but yeah, it, it it happens. We we all reach that point where we're we're like subsisting off something that we really should not be surviving off of. And you know, you're in the trenches and you're you're trying to survive and you're like, I have way more, you know, issues to worry about than, than my diet. So I'm just gonna live off, you know, ramen noodles or or cereal yeah. or like packs of Oreos or whatever. And so yeah, look, all that stuff, it that's that's that is a little real. You know what I mean? Like there was a point where I was like, that was a really long way of saying, yeah, that's that was. A really long and way listen, way. and listen, did I run out of milk and use Bang Energy as milk? Uh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Haven't we all? Is what I'm saying. We've all been there. We've all we've all done that. Like that's just that's a rite of passage, you know. You gotta, I agree, especially you know, when you're you gotta, uh, when you're especially when you're a working artist, and there's sometimes you're like, you know what? This is what my budget will allow me to have this month. I guess. It happens. You you know, you spend too much time alone. You know, you're you're talking to yourself, you know, you're like you're making decisions where you're like, oh gosh, the element of, of social pressure has has left. And I'm sitting here and I'm eating like, you know, Oreo O's with bang energy as the milk. And and I'm just, you know, just self-destructing. It's no good, right? Obviously, but it's like it's something that it's good to acknowledge. You know, mm -hmm. you're not alone. If you're out there. And you're just subsisting off cookies. We've been there. It's happened. Yeah, you know, we've we've done it. And we've survived. We've 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 grown. Sometimes the 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 feeling of Captain Crunch cutting the roof of your mouth is the only thing that makes you feel alive. Right then. Oh man, that's so real. True words are never spoken. I, I think that, like... <laughs> Sometimes I let it go down the windpipe wrong on purpose, just no. because no, just oh, because man. it like it like wakes me. I know it's gonna wake me up, and I won't need to have my bang energy. You know what I mean? Like I know oh, that is, that I go, oh! you know, and then I'll be like, okay, I'm awake now. You know what I mean? Man, that's hardcore. That's like that's <laughs> no, like that is not. Bit. It's also that's not true. But. <laughs> Yeah, I think I let the razor scooter hit him on the ankles on purpose. He's, yeah, he's committed. Dude, my my shins are like one flick away from timbering. You know, just turning to dust. <laughs> so real. That's so real. I, this Man. is kind of like a big left field from the current conversation. I was wondering, <laughs> did you study art, or did you just kind of like always do it on the side? Like, what was what was it like for you? Because you're you're like a professional artist now you like make a living from the webcomic and like doing freelance so kind of what was that path like a little bit yeah it's still crazy thinking of myself as a professional artist at this point but yeah like i did not i i, I did not study art i actually just i love drawing you know since i was a little kid and i would mm -hmm. always just be doodling everywhere i'd always be you know scribbling in notebooks i'd get in trouble in school because i would always be drawing on on homework and on the back of quizzes and 
and all mm. over the place. And like, I get notes sent home to my parents, like he wasn't paying attention. He was, he was drawing in class again. We caught him doodling. My parents would be like, Hey, this is a distraction. You need to cut it out. And they meant well, you know, it's like when you're, mm -hmm. when you're a kid and your main job is just school, you know, especially when your parents are, are, are immigrants mm -hmm. and like, you know, they worked really hard to get you where you are and you're just, there just drawing nonsense in class yeah they're gonna be a little <laughs> they're gonna be a little upset <laughs> but I was never really deterred by that it was like I I just I really loved doing it and I just constantly kept it up and of course there were periods of time where I kind of fell off of it you know I was like yeah I'm probably not gonna do this professionally so I, I guess it's like I'll do it whenever I feel inspired but there were like stretches in like middle school and like you know, where, where I wasn't really drawing like that. And then in high school, I just really like eighth grade going into high school, I just really like got obsessed with it again and just started drawing all, all the time. And then the idea of going to art school was never really on my radar mm -hmm. until one day someone came into our art class and this was in like high school and they were talking about this art school that they're, that they're, that they're going to. And they were telling us like, yeah, you can, you can go to an art school and you can actually learn to be a professional artist and you can do all of these things. And I was like, oh man, is this, is this what it feels like to be excited about the future? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like is this what it's yeah. like to, to, to want to do something as a career, you know? And so I was really pumped about that. And so like, that was, that was, a, that became like a goal of mine. And ultimately that didn't end up working out on account of the fact that, you know, my family was, was, was very much in the camp of, Hey, it's a very competitive field. It's mm. going to be very difficult to make a living and you want to be able to like, you know, support yourself and all of that stuff. And so they weren't necessarily on board with that. And so mm. those, those dreams were, were kind of dashed a bit and, you know, going into college, what ended up happening was I, I actually studied psychology. So oh, like I, yeah, oh yeah, it was, yeah. I actually, you know, I tell people about that and they're like, oh man, you, you I guess you did that just for your folks, huh? And I'm like, well, no, I actually really like psychology. Like it was really mm -hmm. interesting to me and still is to this day. Honestly, that but makes it was so never much really sense. Like my main... with, your, <laughs> yeah. with your writing. No, cause I feel like your writing is really insightful and I feel like it's kind of uncommon in web comics so that makes a lot of sense that's so crazy that's so cool do they use vibes a I... lot in uh <laughs> in psychology oh yeah you'd be surprised that is official that is official uh DSM. terminology <laughs> yeah the dsm5 lists vibes is a very important part of your you know you know your, your, <laughs> your physio, psychological uh whatever the hell <laughs> profile or, yeah yeah like yeah i remember i remember stuff i remember stuff from school but yeah, it was like, it was, it was a very, it was a very interesting experience where it was like, yeah, I'm studying this one thing that I'm pretty interested in, you know, for the most part, but I know for a fact, it's not what I really want to be doing. Mm -hmm. And that was a weird juxtaposition for me. But then at the same time, it was like, you know, in the back of my head, I was like, I know that I really want to be doing, you know, art in whatever way that happens you know whatever that's going to be and so like it was just something i did on the side so by this point like by college i'd kind of already had an instagram page and it was mostly just for keeping my drawings because i lost stuff a lot and so because <laughs> i lost a lot of physical copies of things one of my mm -hmm. friends suggested that i get an instagram so i can at least have them like digitally saved somewhere which is a great idea and so i started that 
And so like in my free time, I would just post, I would just post things on there, you know, as a means of, of just like keeping up with my art, you know, and when you have a place to post your art, it kind of, you know, kicks you into gear. You have a reason to, to make things because you can share it with people. And so I think once I got to college, that's when I started really getting into comics again, where it was like, I have so many interesting things happening and like so many funny inside jokes with friends. And I, you know, I just wanted to like entertain my, my pals, you know, <laughs> like mm -hmm. that's what you do. And so I just make stupid stuff that was like relatable to them and I post it. And then I was surprised at how many people that I didn't know were seeing it and, and like really resonating with it. And they were just like, dude, you got to keep posting this stuff. And that's when I kind of started getting more into posting regularly. And that really, I think that was just like a turning point where I was like, even though it's not what I'm studying right now, mm -hmm. it is still something that very much matters to me. It's something that I love doing that like brings me joy. And so I was like, look, if I can't study it right now, I'm just going to keep practicing mm -hmm. and getting better. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to have friends who constantly hyped me up and were constantly like encouraging me to do more art. And my college friends were like the ones who got me my first digital drawing tablet. Like they were like, hey, oh, that's, you know, that's we so want sweet. Oh, it was I love it's this. insanely sweet. I, I bring it up to them all the time. I'm like, that really like changed things for me. Like the idea that, you know, you guys cared enough about me continuing to do my work that mm. you, you know, got me into digital art essentially. And they really rallied, rallied around me and they were like, hey, you know, we want you to do this. We want you to see this through. We want you to like, you know, make things that you like and like have more fun doing it and learn new things. And I'm like forever grateful for that because that really you know, encouraged me to keep doing it and to do it more seriously. And that's kind of when I started seeing a growth in my, you know, like what I was doing. I started committing a little harder to like what I was making. And I tried a little harder to like make things look a little bit more professional. And I had mixed results in that, but like I was, I was making stuff, you know? And, and so I felt even though like I wasn't in that professional field, I was still, you know, practicing and getting better and like, you know, learning new things and evolving. And, you know, that just kind of ended up working out, you know, and, and th there were like a lot of weird obstacles in the way, you know, but getting there was worth it because there was a lot of overcoming adversity involved. You know, the idea that you're not really supposed to do something, but you just know that you really, really want to, and you know that you'd make it work if you tried. And so like, I think just the fact that I wasn't really deterred by the fact that it wasn't my field of study really, really, really kind of helped me because I feel like it's very easy to get discouraged when you feel like there's one pipeline way to do something. Mm -hmm. Like there's one way to get to where you're going. And if that's thwarted, then you're kind of like dead in the water. And that's not true at all. Like, I think that if you really are committed to something and you're committed to making it work and you know, you, you, you really, you really work at it and you really like ask for help. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. Then you can really surprise yourself with what you can accomplish through like somewhat unconventional means. You know what I mean? And like, there are a lot of things that felt like, oh, well, I'm kind of an imposter. I'm not like a real artist because like, I'm not in art school. I'm like, I just, I'm just somebody drawing stuff in my room between assignments and stuff like that. But then it's like, well, no, if, if you're making things and you are, actually committed to your art and you're like making stuff there is nothing about not going to art school or not being in a professional environment that makes you less of an artist you know what I mean there's nothing yeah. about that that d takes away from what you're doing you know and I think that a lot of times that discouragement can be what makes people stop 
You know what I mean? Like there yes. are a lot of people where I would talk to them and I used to love their, their art. And I used to be like, dude, you're so much better than me. How do I get like you? And I'd run into them like a long time later and I'd be like, Hey, you know, are you still working? Are you still drawing? And they'd be like, no, I like, I wasn't really going anywhere with it. So I stopped, you know, and that would always make me really sad because it's like, I love seeing people like do something just because they love doing it. And like the idea that, you know, it needs to immediately be making you money. It needs to immediately be industry or nothing. It needs to be, you know, this or that. No, you, you make what you want to make and find your your lane, find your niche, find the thing that like speaks to you and like work at it and make it work for yourself. And, you know, that's something that can't really be taken away from you. Mm-hmm. And And so once you do that and like you find the love of it, like just doing it for the sake of it, and then you kind of find a way to like channel that you know, into what you want to do with your life, then that's kind of where you hit a stride, I think. And that's something I'm still working at, you know, but it's also something that I try to keep in mind as Mm. I work on things. Yeah, because so you're talking about like a couple like roadblocks and stuff that you had to kind of go through and conquer. Like what were some of those for you? Oh, yeah. Okay. So (laughs) one of the big ones was the the support thing like mm-hmm. my my family you know like i said earlier like they're they're immigrants you know they 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 immigrated here from from nigeria and so there was an element of because they 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 want us to be secure in this country you know what i mean mm-hmm. they wanted us to be in a position where we were financially like okay you know they would be like okay well you need to like lean towards sure thing fields you know like engineering and 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 you know stem and you know all of those things you know medicine and because of that you know the arts were not exactly a prime field for you know there was a lot of (laughs) hey that's not a sure thing you don't want to take risks with your future and and gamble on something that might not work out you know Mm -hmm. and you know as a as a kid that's not what you want to hear, obviously. And it's like, it's, it's that, that was very discouraging, you know, feeling like, oh, they don't support me or they don't believe in me. And Mm -hmm. as, you know, as I've gotten older in, in a weird way, like looking back at the stuff I was making, I kind of get it. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like, it wasn't, it wasn't great. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't great stuff. I wasn't like a prodigy. You know what I mean? I you're like, up, I have a dream. And they walk in and, right. and you're like drawing like, like Sonic naked or something. Like, like This is what I'm saying, man. Like, that's exactly what I mean. Like, we, we, we talk a lot about, you know, how our parents maybe didn't believe in us. But I think sometimes I'm like, if I right. today looked at the stuff I was making, I'd probably be like, ah geez man I maybe hit the books a little but like and and that's not to say that like it wasn't discouraging and I don't wish I'd had a little bit more of a hey you know hey you could do this you should just practice more you know there was an element of of the fact that I wasn't very good and and that's and that's another roadblock is that you know a lot of people think that you need to be talented you need to be like Mm -hmm. you know you need to just have that that vision, you need to be able to like immediately execute your your ideas. You need to be able to draw without reference. You need to be able to draw things perfectly. You need to be able to have a, a set art style. All of these like, all of these things that people have have piled on to the idea of of what an artist is, and none of those things are <laughs> really true. And, and I have like a couple controversial takes about it, where it's like, 
Oh, let's think hear that, it. <laughs> all right. Okay. I mean, I, I don't know if it's that controversial, but it's like, it's something that I, I feel very strongly, which is that because art is something that we teach now, mm-hmm. there is a temptation for us to view it as some sort of very specific science where it's mm-hmm. like, you do it this way. This is the way you do it. You, you learn all of these, these, these things first, and then you can start, you know, doing all of these things, you know, all the things you want to make, you know, if you want to do cartoons, you need to, you need to learn everything first and then you start cartooning. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, no, you get, you need to know how to draw a realistic face before you draw a cartoon face, all of that stuff. And that's valid in some ways for sure. But I think it deters people from expressing themselves through their art. Because the thing is before art was taught, it was just people making things the way they wanted to make it. It was just, I see this and I, perceive it a certain way and my perspective on it is this and they just represented it however they did and there was no like oh gee man uh, I really have this idea and I'm really inspired by this thing but I need to go uh, sit down and learn you know how to draw perspective lines and draw all these things and like you know make sure all my proportions are are in order and it's like those things are useful they Mm -hmm. are they're useful building blocks however art was art and then it was broken down to a science and I think mm-hmm. that a lot of people lose the self-expression element in pursuing the science element of it, which is breaking down like figure and form and shape and mm-hmm. all those things. Very important, but also it is very important to keep that part of yourself that is just a perceptive eye that sees things, internalizes it, and then expresses it. You know what I mean? Like that is just an inherent human thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if that were something that more people were like, introduced to earlier on less people would quit doing art you know what i mean more people would just express themselves however and then if they want to learn a certain set of skills they can do that you know if they want to work in an industry that requires consistency in your figures and all that stuff those are important things to learn however art shouldn't be gate kept to the extent that it is anybody can create art if they're you know if they have a if they have a vision for something and they want to create it and they want to put it down through whatever medium anyone can do it and i feel like a lot of people get caught in this trap where they feel like artist is like a type of being mm-hmm. that you just yes. have to be born as when that's not the truth you just yeah so you're telling me that oog boog the caveman didn't get a bundle on skillshare and 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 sign up for cave painting 101 and what? and learn how to draw a, a three men slay wildebeest <laughs> you know i'll, I'll be honest Actually, cavemen they 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 did do that. Unfortunately, that <laughs> actually actually Grog yeah, did the... have a four point one average in. <laughs> yeah, no, early in... man. They were teaching the rule of thirds at thirds in the caves, like really early on. You know, like they they really had to they had to lock that in really really quickly. The cave paintings were no joke. Those yeah. had those had to be a sign. Yeah, I do. No, I was just gonna say, I do think this is so true, and I think this is something that is that hap- that is so pervasive in like any any artist's life may you be like a professional working in animation like a professional working in comics or somebody who wants to get into any art industry or art field that it's so true that it's so easy to lose the fun of it Mm -hmm. i don't I, i i don't know if you can teach it unfortunately because like you said you know at first you have fun and then you're like well, I want to get better. So then you look up all the resources and you look up how mm-hmm. to get better. And then you 
just have to remember to have fun, but it's easy to forget. <laughs> it's very, very easy to forget. And like, this was something I had to keep in mind, like, you know, teaching myself animation mm -hmm. was that like, yeah, there is a science to animation. However, there are so many different styles of animation, you know, because it is such a, an expressive, an expressive medium. You know what I mean? It's something that, yeah, there are ways to do it right, quote unquote. There are ways to do it, you know, that are unconventional, but they're all valid because they're, they're just the way people express themselves, you know? And I think yeah. that, you know, when we lose that element of, yeah, I can just do this the way I want to do it. We we end up having more of a freeing experience. And, and I, I try to remember that as well. When I'm animating something, I'll be like, okay, I need to do it this way. I need to do it this way. And then I stop and I'm like, every form of animation that I've seen that I'm like, oh, that's new, that's different, came from somebody doing it the wrong way, technically. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And there's something very valuable about that is remembering that new styles come about from somebody doing something that other people told them is not the right way to do it. You know what I mean? Like there are some of my favorite things like, like Fooly Cooly, for example, was, mm. was an anime that I loved super short, like six, six, six episode. The whole thing with the animation style is that they broke a lot of rules. They did a lot of things that were experimental that people would be like, well, you're not supposed to do that. But it's like, yeah, but we did though. Uh, and people <laughs> like, <it. laughs> and that element is so crucial where it's like, Who's to say you can't do that? You know, who's to say you can't use multiple styles in the same animation or in the same comic or like, you know, mm -hmm. throw in like things that shouldn't necessarily be there, but still work because they capture the same energy. And, yes. and I feel like people get so caught up in the, what should you do when it's like, why are there these rules? Why are there these rules on self-expression? A lot of them are guidelines to help you learn fundamentals, but it's like, if that's not what you are trying to do, if you're just having fun with self-expression, if you're just posting on social media for fun, you don't need to adhere to all these rules and laws. You can literally just make whatever you want. And I think people are getting more accustomed to that now with like, you know, there, there's been a, a rise in more like independent animation and more yeah. just like people doing their own projects. And so I think people are kind of catching on where it's like, I don't have to do things the traditional way. I don't have to do things in the way that I don't have to follow the footsteps of the people before me exactly. I can chart my own course. I can figure out my own thing. You know, I'll be watching something and I'll be like, that is the first time I've seen that animated like that. And I'm sure somebody told them, that's not how you animate that. You're not supposed to do that. That breaks the, the, the rules of it. But I'm watching it and they did it and it looks cool. And, you know, sometimes I'll animate something quote unquote wrong. And I'll be like, well, no, maybe that's just how I do it. Maybe that's my style. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think style is forged in a little bit of rule breaking. And so I think the rigidity of the idea of art as a science is something that holds a lot of people back uh, when they could be having a lot more fun, you know, doing stuff. Is there a specific mm -hmm. example of that that you can think of that like like in the way that you might draw something? Like, do, do you have a thing that you like to draw that technically isn't? correct or break some sort of rule or, or you just i mean it's okay if it, you're just talking completely generally but if you have oh, a no, specific absolutely. thing that you could talk about that'd be awesome absolutely absolutely okay so like i love drawing faces for example mm -hmm. faces are super fun for me to draw because you can you can make them whatever you want and i feel like a facial expression like we were talking about earlier it captures a lot there's a lot that you can say 
with a facial expression. And I feel like there are rules to drawing faces. There just are. And and there are things that you're supposed to do and there are ways that you're supposed to like create the face and like structure it and everything. But I, I have the most fun when I'm literally just like just riffing, when I'm just freestyling and just like making something the, the way that I want to make it, you know? Sometimes I like drawing a, a face just like super, super tiny on someone's like head. You know what I mean? Just like shrink it down, just make it a tiny little face because <laughs> it just looks funny to me, you know? And and yeah, it's it's not consistent with the rest of the art, but it is like it's 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 more expressive that way can i can i share can okay, i share then. a very simple one to draw so um when i was on the show the midnight gospel one of the things that made me laugh the most is pen would send us like a, a drawing of how he pictured someone holding someone holding a gun and he mm. it would just be this little paw and then <laughs> yes! it would it would, yes! it would be this gun <laughs> just not even in the hand and it and it makes yeah, just floating dude it made me laugh so much and i was like why am i not drawing like like a hand and then the gun is just upside down like 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 what why like like, like why do i always need to draw it just perfect that's so like, exactly like having like having a, a drawing where like the person isn't even like holding the the holster or, or, or isn't even holding the grip <laughs> like like it's just through that and like like that there's so many things that you can do and all of a sudden you're opened up to a whole new realm of like physical comedy and it's subtle and it's stupid yeah because it's like why not you know like why not do that it, it's 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 great like it's like getting to break the rules and just kind of like make stuff because it makes you laugh is is some of the best stuff that i can imagine you know what i mean it's like you know even even in something so simple like drawing wrinkles right mm -hmm. there's no like people draw wrinkles in in very specific ways but like when i draw like for example like a sleeve i'll have like a sleeve bend here and then you know i'll have like the hand coming here mm -hmm. you know or whatever and mm -hmm. like however you want to draw your hand i draw like little sausage fingers and then but like for <laughs> here i'll just i'll just randomly just just anywhere just to make it look wrinkly you know what i mean there's no real rhyme or reason <laughs> to it. somebody somebody like because i sent a drawing to somebody and they were like hey like this 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 is this looks this looks wrong that looks wrong and i was like i don't know no i like way. i just like drawing it like that yeah that's i was like so i just funny. like drawing it like that <laughs> it's like that's just funny to me you know what i mean and then sometimes i'll draw hands that are anatomically correct and then sometimes i'll just do like the like that Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. And I love doing that. And I think part of that was very inspired by Adventure Time because yeah. like that was a big thing about Adventure Time. It's like they had structure for the most part, but it was very simple. You know, you could have an arm like that, but then sometimes you have an arm that's just all over the place, you know? And I love that, you know? And so like kind of taking something that should be drawn a certain way. And then, yeah. <laughs> this is somebody counting. <laughs> so good. That is so good. Tiny face. Yeah, exactly yeah. like that. Yeah, and that's why I've you always thought I mean? that AI was such an innovator. Oops. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They, good, really good just because like, the hands. Something. They saw yeah, a rule and they like, broke you know, it. Exactly. They were like, you know how hands have five fingers? Let's like uh 
Let's not do that. Let's like let's not them. know what fingers are. <laughs> like, let's... Yeah, let's actually terrify people. <laughs> to be and, to like, be make... fair though, it's like because the the drawings are like so realistic and the rendering is so realistic. Having just one thing, you know, it's that whole thing about like Uncanny Valley mm-hmm. where it's like sometimes mm-hmm. it becomes comedy, but but if you're too close to reality but not enough it's like it's uncanny yeah it's like that it becomes horror all of a sudden exactly <laughs> exactly and like yeah that's like that's the whole thing with ai especially it's like something will look totally normal and then you start investigating further and you're like oh oh no i don't like that at all one, one, of, one of my favorite exercises and it's and, and it's something um that i do with my friends when i when i draw with them is they'll take something that they draw and then like how do how do how does that pose get get pushed even more back in <laughs> back into the head like you know like the face is like fucking it's just sucking up this just war this this head and and like and then we just go back and forth until it's just like just completely unrecognizable but but I think that's a good thing to do even with yourself. Like maybe mm. your first version, like, could you push that more? Could you push an expression more and make it more ridiculous? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like just to just to see how far you can take it. Because there have definitely been times where I've been working on like, you know, a chapter of my comic and I'll draw like a reaction face and I'll be like, that's funny. But then I'll revisit it later and I'll be like, that isn't like enough. You know what I mean? It could be, it could be even zanier. Like I could push that pose. I could make it look a little, you know, more interesting because it's like, why not? I think mm-hmm. once you get to that, why not phase of like, oh, it doesn't have to look normal at all. You could make it whatever you want it to be. You start to really like throw whatever at the wall. And then you, you, you get surprised at what sticks, you know, like I'll, I'll mm-hmm. draw something. And I'll be like, that was a last second edition, but it like, it really, it just adds it adds something to it, you know, by having it be way more extra than you were originally planning, you know. I think it's so funny too that in your comic you have like um so vibe fairy is like super realistic in a way and like very like stoic and having uh-huh. this little like crazy cartoon character is just like the the difference yes. between the two of them is just so good. And I love the way that you were talking about how you came up with these characters and that's why i got so excited when you talked about like uh, studying psychology because i feel like psychology is so important to like writing characters and um i guess the question would be like kind of like have you always written or like how was your process like starting to write and i guess your process writing in general i guess yeah that's a great question my my process is very admittedly it's very haphazard i (laughs) i really like the idea of dialogue being written like on the fly you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like spontaneous it it it's like it flows like a regular conversation like because even if i were to script something out i know for a fact i would change things at the last second based on what i feel would be funnier in the moment you mm-hmm. know and like I, i'll look at something like adventure time which was like super influential to me mm-hmm. it, it, it like there was something about the dialogue that felt very casual and some mm-hmm. of the funniest stuff came about from just like the most like innocuous basic interactions where it's like why are you why are you saying it like that like why are you like just the fact that it's not a joke it's just the fact that somebody is saying something mm-hmm. in like a funny way or somebody is saying something so normally 
that it's like hilarious, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like when I write a joke, sometimes the joke is that they're reacting so normally to what they're saying that it's like, it's almost like an anti-joke. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, honestly, when I write comedy, especially when I'm writing dialogue, which I love writing, a lot of it is very much on the fly. It's the last thing I do, actually. Really? Like, That's I know, crazy. Yeah, I'll know. I'll have a rough idea. It's like, it's weird because it's like a, a board-driven comic in that I, I'll have the an idea of what I want to happen. Mm -hmm. And then I'll know how I want like the visual gags to be. But then it's like, when it comes to the dialogue, I know what I want them to say in like a paraphrase kind of way. And mm -hmm. then when I'm writing it, the actual way that I phrase it is completely spontaneous. So like, I'll know what I, what they're saying in a general sense. And then when I go in, I'm like, all right, how do I say this in a funnier way? Especially with the vibe fairy. Because his his language, like his, his, his manner of speaking is so verbose. <laughs> yes. That like, I'll have an idea of what he's <laughs> communicating. And then when I'm actually writing the actual dialogue, I, I basically just say it in the most dramatic and over-the-top way humanly possible, which 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 makes it a lot of fun because I juxtapose that with like when I write my own character and it's the most casual, like shorthand ways of saying things, you know? And then you have this guy who's just like borderline Shakespearean in the way that he talks about things. And that makes it really fun. It's just like that dynamic where it's like one person is speaking very normally and the other person is like giving a long ornate monologue it's yeah. great fun. It's yeah. great fun. I, I have a lot of fun doing that, you know? I think it's, yeah, it's just so funny. It's just so funny how you, like, you decided for him to be, like, so big and buff and stoic. Like, just, like, all of these different qualities. Because he is his own character. Like, I don't think I've yet seen a character like that because he's not just like buff physically, but, like, his mind is buff, kind of, I guess, <laughs> is the idea. <laughs> He's mentally and spiritually buff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just really funny. He's just like holistically, holistically healthy, you know? And, yeah. I, and I think that that's, that was something that was really cool to me where it's like in, in mind and body, he's like, he'd say something like, you know, the, yeah. you know, to, to sharpen one's mind and to sharpen one's body is one of the same stuff like that, you know? Cause it's like, it's almost like if a fitness influencer actually did have all the answers in a way, you know? Because everyone knows, like, you know, fitness influencers, they, they have a lot to say about, like, you know, life advice. Like, they don't stop it, you know, hey, we're going to give you massive packs. They're like, no, we're going to teach you how to live your life. We're going to teach mm -hmm. you why waking up at 5 a.m. helps you, you know, become a better husband or whatever. It's like, it's like stuff like that. And it's like, <laughs> I'm like, what if we have, like, somebody who's like, hey, you know, take care of your body, but then your spirit <laughs> is also just as important. And he's like, actually teach you, like you know, ways to, to actually strengthen your mind and your heart and all that stuff. And I thought that was like a really endearing thing where it's like, it's easy to poke fun at it, but it's like, what if, what if I played it like for jokes, but then it's also earnest yeah. in like yeah. a way that's funny, you know, I, I, I kind of avoid the cynicism of it all because I feel like the fact that it is played earnestly in and of itself makes it kind of funny.
you know. I think that's why the comic is so charming, is like it's so earnest. You know what I mean? Like the internet sometimes can feel very cynical and a little bit like sad, I guess, in a way. But like your your comic is like like has so much like joy and like hope that comes with that. I think the earnestness uh, of your writing, yeah. Oh, that means a lot. I'm glad that that comes through. Yeah, no, I mean, I I think I think it's I think it's super clear. I mean, it, it also I'm sure that it feels nice to have validation that the, the the thing that you're trying to communicate comes across oh big time i was gonna say that um i was imagining a, a fitness influencer who who who's like uh study studies show that people that work towards being unhappy are 10 times more likely to be happy so you want to get up at four in the morning three in the morning two in the morning make yourself miserable so that you can become happy and see those gains you know you know i think they may be onto something that sounds right upon first glance you know i'm like that's because it sounds so wrong i think yeah. that means it's right in yeah. a way do, do you, you know? do you hate kale eat 10 times more kale to expand your smile five inches she's like you know that makes a lot of sense that really it's like oh, I, I never would have thought of that so that must be the key obviously and i, I like the, there's something beautiful about that you know like <laughs> i think especially with real real like advice it's funny how how much real advice and like, you know, the kind of pie in the sky spiritual advice really go hand in hand. Like mm -hmm. the stuff that it's like, it's it's in the same way that a lot of like religious teachings are and practices are rooted in just like things that humans learned are just healthy for the body and healthy for the mind. Mm -hmm. And then they were incorporated into like religious practice as like just healthy habits things like that it's it's like how a lot of the concepts of like meditation and then like people will you know on the actual like physician side will be like hey you know breathing exercises can be good for reducing stress stuff like that and it's like how is that different from like meditation and all of these things that are considered spiritual practices there are a lot of things that really do overlap and i think that it's a really interesting exploration of how something can sound super complicated and super like mystical but then can really have practical application and, and even just exploring that is is fun you know where it's like mm -hmm. somebody says something and then you translate it you're like can you say that in english please and then they say it and you're like oh that actually makes a lot of sense yeah yeah it's, it's, it's a it's a really fascinating <laughs> thing i really i really like playing around with that because it's it's a really it's a funny thing that i observe about about people where a lot of people are saying the same thing and don't quite realize it. It's like you got you think that these two ideas are at odds, but you're really at the core saying the exact same thing. Um, mm. And so putting two characters together where it's like they're trying to bridge this language barrier of like how to progress, how to like grow as a person. And then they realize, hey, we're kind of on the same page here, but just we have different ways of putting it. We have different experiences. We're coming from different worlds and like trying to find that middle ground of like literal interpretation and like mystical wooism you know mm -hmm. that's so true i feel like because i it's funny because i don't know i don't know how you kind of look into if if you were already kind of interested in spirituality before writing your comic or if it's something that you started researching for the comic but it's true that like when you start looking into spirituality and mental health and physical health and all of these different kind of things you 
start hearing the same thing, but said in a different way. And sometimes you need to hear the same thing told 10 different ways until like at the 10th time, it's like, now it makes sense. Like the nine previous times that you heard it, it was like, I guess I sort of get it. But then like the 10th time is the one that makes it like crystal clear kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's, that's very true. Like, like something, sometimes something does need to be like drilled into your head for you to finally get it. You know, the idea that you you don't really want to hear it until it, it suddenly like clicks for you. And then you're like, oh, okay, maybe you were onto something. Maybe you were saying something that like actually makes sense. And then like, even, even in vibe check, it's, mm -hmm. it's like, it doesn't really click. And this was kind of deliberate. It wasn't really, it didn't click for the main character until it was directly related to something that he had experienced himself like firsthand mm. where it's like all right let me make this real for you let me relate mm -hmm. it to this thing that matters to you and then it starts to kind of make sense and i think that that's like for me a lot of lessons have come that way where it's like i'll know the right thing or like i've heard the word of wisdom and i've heard like the you know here's the proverb or whatever but mm -hmm. then it's like when it relates to something directly in your life that you can really point to as like a practical application, then you're like, okay, I see what you were saying. Mm -hmm. I see what that actually means now. Yeah. And that, that that's a really cool thing that I, about just communicating ideas, which is that like, sometimes you just need to relate on a, like a middle ground. You need to meet in the middle and be like, yeah. hey, this is, what, this is what I'm trying to say. And this is how it relates to you. And this is why it matters. And that's why for me, it was fun to write is that I'm communicating lessons that I've learned or that I'm still learning in through the lens of like okay what if somebody doesn't understand humanity and is trying to like explain things in a way that is completely unrelatable and then in the process of me trying to explain how things work i'm like learning myself you know yeah it's like it's like that juxtaposition really breeds like conflict and that conflict breeds like understanding in an interesting way and it's also just goofy as shit so it's like yeah <laughs> and also you, you get like the both end of like, it's silly and goofy, but then you can also like talk about some stuff that really matters to you, um, which is something I love about the medium just in general. Yeah, it's it's like when you when you refuse to read any, anything except for energy drink labels and then you uh, po fight poison <laughs> with poison, finally clicks and poison energy drinks takes over your life and you get involved in a pyramid scheme and you're trying to get all your friends to sign up for, po uh, for poison energy drinks. <laughs> Exactly. It finally clicks. And then you realize, hey, my mission in life <laughs> is to convert other people to this pyramid scheme, sorry, multi-level marketing plan and get them all to hawk these energy drinks. And then you'll finally understand like, this is what my purpose is. This is what my actual meaning of life is. And sometimes it just takes that like 16th night in a row being up, chugging mm -hmm, your energy mm -hmm, drinks. Mm -hmm. And then, and then mm -hmm. you realize, hey, this is this this matters to me for a very specific reason like this speaks to me on a on a spiritual level mm -hmm, and then you mm -hmm. just want to get other people involved you know and then I mean? all of your friends are in the hospital you're all you're with all your friends we're all in the hospital <laughs> exactly 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 you know what i mean and then that recovery itself that the process of like getting your vitals <laughs> back on track that in and of itself is a journey of self-discovery <laughs> this self wing of the hospital this wing of the hospital is sponsored by poison energy drink Exactly. Oh, you got a hospital sponsorship. You can get doctors involved. Perfect. Yeah, it says like wake up your platelets, <laughs> like on on the it's label. Wake up your wait. That's wake a, up your hemoglobin. Wake up your white blood cells. That I I bet you some some exec at, at 
you know, five gum is sitting there like, man, why didn't I think of that? It's so good. <laughs> Make up your platelets. Are you kidding me? It's gold. Put that on a hoodie. I'd wear it. That's new merch for Cranon. <laughs> <laughs> Next <laughs> drop. <laughs> po po poison oh energy drink God. the number one energy drink used by chemotherapists oh my Chemo God. Oh, wow. Bla blast your freaking cancer with poison energy drinks i, I bet that could work <laughs> look you know that that that, that charged lemonade at, at starbucks oh not starbucks God. it's a it's um, at a panera. panera yeah panera that charged lemonade i bet that 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 either fights cancer or causes it i mean it's, some it's of, something some of those processes do seem like fighting fire with fire though honestly a little in a way bit. i think <laughs> i think that's the motto for the evening really is is fight fire with fire you know if you have an unhealthy habit double down that will... <laughs> yeah double I... down and then it cancels out it's pemdas or, or yeah I, i've always thought of uh, chemotherapy as the poison energy drink uh of the medical uh, procedure field oh my god dude you know, I, I i can i can get behind that i can get behind that i think i think i think energy drinks really are the radiation of of liquids in a way you know these like why do i have sean co-hosting this podcast <laughs> no i think it's funny but i was like i i almost went down a path and i was like that's too dark i i, I gotta pull back before i even go well, there. i guess somebody like, has to know? because i'm not doing any self-control at all i'm i'm oh yeah I, I got let off my leash yeah, I was like, is this the part where the, the podcast goes off the rails? I hope so. Yeah. I, like, I, was, I need a vibe I was check. That point. Sean's, Sean's <laughs> right the now. funny one, and, and I'm the NPR one. And, and so, so I'm that... the one with the like, boring questions, and Sean's here to be like, but it's funny uh, too, remember? God, it's like you have you have Joe Rogan, and then you have an NPR host, and they're interviewing a clown. Like, that's basically... <laughs> I, do, does anybody have that, any blue chakra to spare? Because <laughs> I, I need sparkle. Uh, I, am I need fresh some out. I am fresh out. Fresh out. Purple chakra sounds like an energy drink in and of itself, if we're being honest. <laughs> Poison energy drink is kind of like the Joe Rogan of energy drinks. I feel like. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm starting to think this is a real brand. Is this like <laughs> like Poison this Energy? Is all made no, up. This no, is all no, made no, up, no. But like, there's a thing that you gotta know about Sean is like he will. What was the schools that you came up with? These schools, dream schools, something schools, dream school. Uh, oh, digi schools, uh, digi schools. And like we were, we talked about it for so long that I almost became it, the same thing started happening to me. I was like, this sounds like it's real because then you had like a theme song and you had them in 3D floating around. And I was like, I feel like this is a real show. Yeah, dude, we like, are masters of our own reality. We are playing pretend for a living, you know? So like I, you know, sometimes that so leaks true. out. Sometimes I have some stuff leak out and that's why I'm in the hospital. <laughs> real, real. Look, I think that is expert level uh, committal to the bit. <laughs> Just committing. Appreciate you. You gotta, you gotta take the bit all the way to the end. Like that's the thing. I, I talk to people, like my friends who know me in person. A lot of times they're like, your 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 sense of humor on Instagram is very different, you know, and in your comics is different than like your humor in real life. And I say how, right? And essentially what it is, the difference is in person. My sense of humor is just like I will yes and whatever ridiculous thing someone says. Yeah. <laughs> until until it goes completely off the rails. I uh, will joke about the same thing ad nauseum until <laughs> you know you're beating a dead horse and then you you beat that dead horse into the ground. Just chaotic cooperation, just That's, like yeah, chaotic cooperation. It's that like no so one's good. checking anybody. It's like you know how there's the concept of like the the crazy character and the straight man. Yeah. It's like 
it's like that except there is no there is no straight man it's just it just goes off the rails it's like it a just crazy character in a yes ander <laughs> like exactly yeah. exactly and it just but escalates and then people who enter the conversation afterwards they're like we don't know what you're talking about you, it's it's imperceptible you know have to you the guys, average person have you guys watched bo 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 yeah, like yeah. Bo, 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 bo. A, a long time i feel ago. like that's oh exactly God. what you're describing which this manga, I didn't watch it as an anime form. I watched snippets of the anime, and I'm like, I think this is too high energy for me. But the manga, <laughs> I was crying. I was like crying because it's so. That's it's what it is. Insane. You're, it's you're insane. You're in the mind of somebody going off the rails all the time, and you're and everybody's yes ending each other, and it's just insane. <laughs> yeah, I describe bo 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 as like what somebody who doesn't like anime thinks anime is yes. like, it's like it's just true. absolutely uh, bananas it's like a buff dude in sunglasses <laughs> who fights with his nose hair yeah. and and, yeah, and he's friends with a torpedo like it's like stuff like that it's like yeah. just nonsense I'm, uh, I'm, but it's, it's it's incredible stuff it's yeah. so good i'm, I'm it... imagining v trying to like like oh the show's too fast for me and then v looks up the comic and he's like i'm just gonna stay on this panel for a little bit longer <laughs> like like just going like really slow reading it so it doesn't get too fast for you on the exactly. it's just so crazy because it's there's so many case. ideas like it's like a mile a minute and so you're when you go from a panel to another i don't know how to describe it but i i think that's what i love about comics is that as the reader you have a little bit more what's the word like it's not power but it's you have a little bit more agency how you mm -hmm. interact with the media and so like you can take as much time as you need to read a panel because sometimes you're uh, just like, how the fuck did I get here? Because <laughs> you, you know? and, yeah, you can you just can go, go back, back to the previous panel. Yes. Yeah, and then you're and like, like, did I miss something? Oh, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Well, but with a, I feel like with animation or like with anime, like I mean, you you potentially can you can pause and go back, but it's not as fluid, and yeah, I, I don't know how blasting to... your synapses. Yeah. <laughs> I... I think that all of this has been like a funny demonstration, just a, a, a good demonstration in like how like a lot of like collaborative writing ends up getting done. A lot of like springboarding mm -hmm. and yes ending and creating a concept from scratch and then like running with it. Do you ever use that in your writing process? Do you like joke around with your friends and like, oh, I got to use that for this for this thing or like uh, I was just curious. Oh, absolutely. And, and the thing is, it's usually not intentional. It's usually just yep. the way that I talk to my friends tends to be very like it's just it's just comedic it's like I, there are some friends where we we communicate almost exclusively through bits and so it's like <laughs> you don't know where the actual conversation begins and like the joke ends and so a lot of our communication is is purely like just set up and payoff back and forth and so that really helps in writing dialogue because i'm like what if i'm writing two characters who are just like just riffing you know what I mean? Yeah. And so sometimes if I if I have a comic where it needs to go into a certain direction, I have to like pull back and like I have to like, okay, this character has to respond with like a serious response because my instinct is to have like riffs off something the person said and then they just keep riffing back and forth. But then it doesn't always work out that way, which is why I have to like use restraint because if I just wrote comedy the way that like I always think it's funny – it's like the way that I do it, it's just, it would just devolve into just like madness, essentially. It's just chaos, <laughs> you know? That's so interesting. And I love that you bring that up because I do feel like 
when I read your comic, it feels like your writing feels very tight. It's like, okay, you in your chapter or your episode, you, you kind of have like a like a main theme and and your characters interacting around that theme. You do have like a little hook at the end or like or like a payoff, but it does feel pretty grounded. Like the, the jokes never because I feel like sometimes when you read some web comics, it, it, it starts with a joke. Like I don't know if you've seen that one. It's it, it it's a uh, Scooby-Doo a uh, riff comic where it was just like <gasps> the joke yes. yes okay i love that beginning because for me the, the funniest thing was just like it's just r- r- raggy at the end that's all no it's called it's called uh i think it's it's called a uh, scoob and shag i think that's what it's called that is on webtoon it is. I, was like, I don't i don't want us to get through this without like actually shouting out the actual comic because that comic is so funny it's, it's... so good it's Do we have so to take funny, a research moment real quick and and look it up? No, no, it's that's what it's called. It's Cuban, oh, okay. it's Cuban Shag. Cuban Shag. And it's I need so... to find the author's name because it's yeah. And it's so, but it, it's like at first you have this very like structured joke structure, and then it's, uh-huh. eventually it becomes really insane. And then there was a moment I was like, oh, it's too, it's like that's I feel for me that comic is like a good example of like okay, this goes really like off the rails, insane. Exactly. But it... <laughs> But it's so funny, but it, but and that's what's so hard about doing serialized comics is that there's a moment, you know, like if you if you don't figure out your own, I guess, like structure, then mm-hmm. it's easy to just kind of, yeah, kind of like just just go completely insane with it, right? Yeah, and and that was something I ran into when I first started with Webtoon Originals, which is that Vibe Check originally was kind of just like a a, a gag strip. It was just mm-hmm. like an episodic. I had a funny idea for these characters and I just throw them into like a situation for 10 panels. Mm-hmm. But then like when I got the offer to do it, like to make it for originals, I thought to myself, I was like, this could be a cool opportunity to really like explore the development of these characters. Because even in the like little Instagram comics, they did kind of have an arc as mm-hmm. characters where it's like, it starts off as this weirdo again, like, why is this guy following me? Why is this guy popping out of my cereal bowl and telling me to like, you know, meditate and get my chakras right. But then it evolves into like, they're friends, like they're buddies. They like, mm-hmm. they, they just like live together and they hang out and like all of the shenanigans becomes normal. And I was like, I wanted to really explore how that kind of friendship comes about. So I wanted to like actually write a story around it and have like a narrative, even though it's still like structured as a comedic gag strip. It has elements of, a through line it has a story it has stakes and like character development as you go on and i feel like that kind of helped in the comedy where it's like these characters are growing but because of that their dynamic is shifting and the comedy shifts with it you know Mm -hmm. it's like one character is super serious and the other one is super goofy but then it evolves into like one is so serious that like he plays things completely literally and then the one who's kind of like the quote-unquote goofy one because he's more familiar with human customs is like the one reacting and like, Hey, no, 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 no. Like this is how it's supposed to be done. And then the other guy's just like, you know, it's like the back and forth changes because the characters are growing. Mm -hmm. And so like working them to the point where the comedy is like my ideal, like recipe. And that's really what I'm trying to explore with season two is, is these two are already friends now. And like, here's what it's like when they're like hanging out and doing things together and, and just being buddies, you know? Mm. Yeah. That's so, I'm so excited for what you're going to do with season two. Cause I'm like, Oh, like, are they going to go like somewhere different? I'm like, Oh, this is going to be like adventure and stuff. 
do you can you tell us a little bit about like your process for like webtoons because you have an editor and kind of like do you have a schedule how do you plan your releases what's the webtoon artist life like <laughs> yes it's really interesting it's the biggest thing that scared me at first about webtoon was the deadlines yeah. where it's like you can't just really go at your own pace like you have to know what your what your workflow is like so that you can get your stuff in on time you know what i mean and webtoon is smart in that they have a system where you you do a lot of stuff on the front end so you can kind of work ahead of what's releasing and that helps a lot but essentially like the the day-to-day -day is just like kind of knowing what you want to make like and knowing how many you can get done per like week it's like mm -hmm. a week-to-week -week thing mainly and so a lot of that is difficult because it's like a lot of it is self-managing mm -hmm. and that's very difficult like I feel like a lot of artists can relate to the idea that you know when you have to meet a deadline it's hard to like feel like you're coming up with creative ideas fast enough mm -hmm. and like make stuff in some kind of timely manner so that you're <laughs> not like falling behind your schedule because you know you don't want to leave your you know your readers in suspense and you know I definitely fell into that a, a bit you know with my first season where it's like oh man I need to like get this idea out but it's not where I want it to be but I also need to release something and I think it's it's scary but it's also a good practice on like executing ideas quickly and like not just sitting on it because the thing is it's very easy to not do anything mm -hmm. when you feel overwhelmed with like deadlines or like when you feel like okay I have this idea and it's not perfect you just sit on it right but with like webtoon you can't really do that you have a schedule you need to like release the things and so it does kind of help you kick yourself into gear and make something you know rather than being paralyzed and so that's helped me a lot even when it's like a non-webtoon thing I'm working on to kind of like if I have an idea I need to learn to execute that and like get it done even if it's not perfect quote unquote it's like I need to release something and so it it it, it, it has been helpful with that for sure even though like at first it was the most stressful thing ever, but it, but it does, it, it's a learning experience for sure. How would you say your process has changed from when you started Webtoons and now? Uh, the process, interesting. So I think the biggest change in my process is that I spend a lot more time ironing out execution over idea in mm -hmm. that it's like, I think about the idea but then I also think about, okay, how can I actually execute this realistically? Like, how wh what are my capabilities? What am I capable of doing and in how much time? And that requires mm -hmm. knowing yourself, you know? It requires confronting, all right, I'm a procrastinator. I'm somebody <laughs> where I, I take a lot of time to do these things and, like, I spend mm -hmm. a lot of time, you know, on this part of the process and inking takes me forever and, like, coming up with, you know, the actual dialogue is fast, but I save it for last. And so, you know, I have to do all of these steps first. And so it's helped me streamline my process a bit and that I have to know what my workflow is before I get into something. Like I have to know how I'm going to execute it. I have to know how many panels are needed for a joke. That's a big thing. Even for mm -hmm. Instagram, I'll be like, I only get 10, but because I'm so used to doing Webtoon, it's like, okay, I kind of know exactly how many panels I need to tell this joke you know, mm -hmm. and that, that definitely helps in that regard. Um, and that's, that's been a big change for my process because I would really wing it beforehand. 
I would mm. be like, all right, I'm just going to start drawing stuff. And then if something else tickles my fancy, I guess, in terms of this concept, then I'll just throw that in. But now it's a lot more like, how do I execute this like efficiently? You know, efficiency mm. has definitely been added to the process for sure. I keep saying for sure. For sure. <laughs> for sure. I'm just I, very sure about what I'm saying, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's like um, it's like we're gonna go like oh, doubtful. Doubtful. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Uh, for sure, for sure. Trust me. Receipts. Um, <laughs> Give us the exactly, receipts. Exactly. Sorry. Sorry. Go. So there's kind of two other questions that I really wanted to ask you. I think I'm going to start with um, kind of the social media. Kind of, what's your relationship with social media? Do you feel like you have to post on it a lot? Do you feel like it's like an important part? to promoting the webtoon like yeah Ah, okay (laughs) so that's really interesting to me because social media for me was always just like for fun Mm -hmm. you know like it was just like oh this is just something I do on the side this is just where I post my like random nonsense and so like when I started the webtoon I was like I felt weird promoting it almost because I'm like even though it's free to read and like you don't have to pay money or anything Mm. I'm still like, I feel bad, like asking people to go check something out that I'm making and like, Mm. you know, hey, support me over here or do this thing. And like, there's this idea of like goodwill that you have with your audience. There's an amount that you are given. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) I I was afraid to like use up my goodwill by, you know, asking them to to read this other thing that I'm making. Um, When in reality, people tend to be really happy to support you. But that's, that's to say that like, social media I feel weird using it as a professional tool but it is something that's necessary and so like Uh nowadays it's I use it as a motivator to make things that I already want to make because it's like okay well I have a place to put it Mm -hmm. but like it's it's draining as well it can get overwhelming and and so like I I try to be better at it and I really do want to be more active on it but I I find myself like struggling because I feel like I need to use it as a tool professionally Mm. but then I also feel like because of the nature of social media nowadays it's a lot of it's a lot of pressure and and I I kind of sometimes miss the just sheer fun of it Mm -hmm. and so it's 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 tricky but I also am lucky enough to have like a really cool audience on there and like you know like the people who 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 check out my stuff and who really like my stuff are so funny like they're some of the funniest people I have ever come across on social media just like the people who comment on my stuff and like the people who are like you know frequent watchers or frequent mm-hmm. readers you know they're they're absolutely hilarious I, I constantly tell people that like the people who read my my comics are legitimately funnier than I am like like the, their comments I'll read them and I'll be like how do people even think to say this outlandish shit you know like I agree but it's, but it's for sure I great like- it's so good like sometimes I get comments like on the the comics I post and I'm like, damn, I'm I'm kind of mad that they came up with that because I wish I came up with that. <laughs> exactly. It's 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 frustrating, but it's really great knowing yeah. that you found your people. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, exactly. These folks get it. Like these folks get it. And like because my humor is so it's not even like all that, I wouldn't even say it's all that like unique. It's just like it's very much authentically what I find funny mm-hmm. that when I find people who genuinely like resonate with it it makes me really happy and the fact that a lot of times like people just roll with it like I am <laughs> so grateful for like the the people that that have supported me like this far you know 
because I'll I'll put something out and I'll be like, oh man, I don't know how people are gonna react to this. I find it <laughs> funny, but people probably aren't gonna. And then I'll I'll put it out and people are like, hell yeah, man! Like that's <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. So I'm like, oh wow, I didn't know, I didn't know you guys were gonna we're gonna roll with that one. You know, like even something as simple as like sharing anti goose sentiment. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the fact that there are so many people who are like in that same camp. They're like, wow, I had no idea. Like, because for me, that was a very like inside joke. Like, you know, because my college campus, there were a lot of geese and <laughs> they were just terrorizing the campus. Like they were just, it was awful. Like if you were walking to class, you'd be late. You know, people would be hung over walking to class and then they walk past a group of geese and they just like chase them across campus. And so it's like, all right, well, geese are probably some of the most evil creatures on earth. Uh, and so I started making comics about it because I was like, oh, my friends will find this funny. And then I was getting comments from just like absolutely random people saying, dude, yeah, no, geese are the worst. Like I had that exact same experience. I was like, I didn't know this was a universal thing, but apparently so. I think people throughout time have have feared geese. I mean, ge goosebumps is like you're being scared. <laughs> I feel like go <laughs> goose stepping was never a good thing. You know what I mean? No, no. Yeah. And then silly goose, like that is someone who mm. you don't take seriously. You know, I, I don't exactly. hear very many goose compliments, you know? That's true. That's that's very true, actually. You know what I mean? Like that's that's something that like throughout time, I feel like, you know, geese have just been associated <laughs> with some kind of sinister sinister unsettling feeling you know and i think that's for good reason like they're not they're not very sociable creatures they're very very territorial very very spiteful very spiteful i won't launch into my you know anti-goose propaganda here but it's like it's it's very it's a very visceral feeling i, I was walking in the in the parking lot the other day and there was just like a, a group of them and it's like that feeling when you're gonna walk past a group of dudes who you know are just gonna are gonna say some shit. They're gonna you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like they're just gonna mess with you. You know what I mean? And so you just go the other way. You know what I mean? It's like you just don't feel safe. Dude, I'm so scared like, of like 13 year olds, 14 year olds. That it's so it, like, like that's a group of so them. Real. That's so yeah. funny because I feel like okay, well maybe it's just I just never come out of my place and that's why I haven't encountered a group. But I guess no, I guess because there's like a school at the end of my street and I see the kids walking by all the time and I I don't know sometimes I'm like maybe I'm just such a creeper but I look at I look at the group of kids hanging out and just being kids and I'm like man like life was so simple you know they're just like being like awful to each other and they're just like calling each other names or whatever but I'm like they're having fun the kids are all just right. cyberbullying yeah. each other until yeah. it's, yeah. you know they all need Builds therapy character. at 12. <laughs> Builds character, yeah. Everyone needs a little bit of a relentless bullying in their life to, to make them who they are. Makes you funny. Makes you funny. Uh, or so I've heard. <laughs> I think I think I think that's true. I mean, I think you must have gone like through some shit to be funny. Or um, I mean that's uh anyway, uh <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, Wait, that's not a personal. So, so no no <laughs> that's that's listen, I, I think that you did a, a, a funny job of not holding back right there, V, and I think that was very brave of you. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, that was like, Maybe we don't need to talk about this. <laughs> no, you're like, you have to go through some shit to be funny. You're like, I have it on good authority, and I'm like, is this is this personal? You wanna, you wanna open up? Wanna open up a little? Expand on that. Elaborate on that. 
but before I expand on that, I want to, I want to get, I'm, I'm worried that we're not going to get to something that I really want to talk about with you is your music videos. You, you've animated two great, like awesome music videos. Um, one for Lil Wayne and one for Fred Bang, And they're like, so amazing. And I always kind of wonder what it's like making a music video for like a famous rapper. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I almost forgot until you mentioned it because but it's it's super cool it's like the way that that all came about was just really really dope and and really unexpected because like essentially what happened was I was reached out to by like a motion graphics artist mm -hmm. uh, who follows me and he, and he was just like hey I know somebody like I work with an artist who's interested in doing an animation for his next song and I was like, oh, that's that's pretty sick. Like, that, that would be a really cool thing. I'll be like, yeah, I'd be down to hear him out and, and see what's up. And he connected us. And it turns out that this dude is is like, you know, he works under like a major label. Like, and, and like, that was super cool. And it was a really fun experience because what I learned is that working in music videos a lot of times is very open-ended because they don't really give you much for the most part at least in my experience it yeah, was dude, just it's so risky because they could just be like i don't like this whole idea you just oh my exactly gosh. exactly oh my so they gosh. send you they send you like a crunchy mp3 of the song and they're like all right you just do whatever and and that was honestly it was it was really dope like working with the actual music artist directly is a really different thing and like mm -hmm. it, it was just a matter of like he he really trusted me he was like he was like, I like your stuff. Just do what you do. Do what like you feel works, like update me, but like, just do, just do what you want. And he really let me just take the lead. Like there was very little that he gave in the way of instructions. It was just like, Hey, just do it. Just make the thing. Just do what you think is cool. And they really just let me do whatever. And I think that being able to just kind of express yourself and really like work with what kind of strikes you in the music mm -hmm. is is a really cool experience you know i love i've always loved music and it's been like a huge part of what like inspires me and like mm -hmm. you know having the right song really does help in terms of like even drawing and like creating comics and animation and stuff like that and so like getting to just listen to music and then just like interpret it how i see it and being free to do that in whatever way works for me is really is really fun and then like you know, that first video directly led into the other one because somebody at the label was like, hey, we like your video. Would you want to do another one? Oh, I was like, yeah, so that'd be cool. sick. Yeah. And so doing that one was really exciting. And it was it was just like getting to work on a song for like an artist that I've, you know, been a fan of since I was a kid. That is crazy. And like having like an official animated like thing that I made be up on his like YouTube page is, is kind of crazy. That's sick. Yeah, it, it, imposter syndrome kicked my ass, I'll tell you that. But <laughs> at the same time, it was cool getting to see that I didn't chicken out. Like, I really mm -hmm. tried to make it work. And I really, like, you know, like, it, it was scary. It was obviously really daunting. But to, like, sit down and, like, come up with ideas and then put them down and then have that feedback of, like, no, this works. This is good. This is, this is a, this is, you did a good job is really cool because there is a there is a lot of isolation in 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 animation where it's like you're sitting mm -hmm. long hours you're not getting a ton of feedback you're working like for you know hours and hours on end like obsessing over certain details getting things to work and you have no idea how it's going to be received because you were given no instructions <laughs> and so 
so crazy. Yeah. Not to mention these turnaround times are. Yeah. Could you, are you, do you feel comfortable talking about it or? I feel like I need to talk about it because this okay. is, this is a, this is a thing. Like we were talking about deadlines earlier. I have this podium for you, sir. Yes, of course. Let me, let me, let me grab my, 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 my soapbox that I, I brought my soapbox from home. So basically like for both of these music videos, both of them, I start to finish two and a half weeks. Both no way. Both Are you them. kidding yes. me? What? Wait, yes. each or at the or total? Oh no. Uh, okay, no, each, each. Each. I mean still crazy, each. but still I, crazy. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Oh, for both, I wouldn't be here today. Oh no. I would not That's I wouldn't crazy, have made it. Because they're so yeah. high quality. What the heck? I, I appreciate that. I was panicking. That's how that's how. <laughs> I was I was like, oh gosh, I need to I need to make this and I need to make it fast. And I was like, you know, wow. like you know, working really fast and it, it's it's challenging. It is, but at the same time, it's I was motivated by the fact that I I really didn't want to fuck it up to <laughs> mainly, but like I was also just like really motivated to make something cool because it's I was learning new things in the process mm. of making this animation. Like I I was I was really operating outside of my comfort zone and so like essentially the way i saw it was i was essentially getting paid to learn more animation and that was exciting mm. to me uh, right was the fact that i could like dabble in and figure out new techniques and do all the stuff and and they were paying me to do so and so it felt less like oh i'm doing a job and more like oh i'm, I'm playing around with animation using this song and they're kind of like you know paying me to do it and that was really fun that was a really fun way of, of looking at it and so mm. i was really motivated and it was still scary, but it didn't feel like a slog. Like I feel like it could have. It felt more like a really exciting, scary new opportunity. Mm. So yeah, it was, it was it was super super cool. No idea how that happened. Still, like it's still kind of surreal to me. But like, I I now have two music videos that I've done, which is soon to be three actually. But really, well, uh, you heard it first on Creative Block. <laughs> we're cooking. We're cooking. <laughs> no no details yet. But <gasps> it's it's like it's like a little thing. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be cool. That is so cool. So, hey, this is like a this is like the most basic question ever. But like, what do you use to animate? I use I use Clip Studio Paint. Whoa! For for yeah, that's crazy. Really? Wow. Yeah. For for basically everything because I started using it for Webtoon because it's it's mm -hmm. a very Webtoon. Like it's, it might as well be sponsored by Webtoon. It has like, like Webtoon export <laughs> options, like because yeah. a lot of, mm -hmm. yeah, Webtoon creators use it. But I realized it had an animation feature and I was like, well, I might as well like dabble in it since I already have the program. And I just fell in love with it. Like, I just love the, like the drawing tools and everything. And it's, it's really cool. It's really cool. It's a really intuitive program. But like, I think the thing about it is that <laughs> my animation process used to be medieval like it was rough <laughs> like it was brutal i described it to somebody the other day and he was he was just like dude why would you torture yourself like this like i used to <laughs> i used to use a, i used to use adobe animate and what i would do is i would i would do the rough animation in adobe animate and then i hated the drawing tools in adobe animate like i mm. i hated drawing in it like i hated illustrating in it so i would export the entire rough animation as an image sequence and then import each individual frame into my drawing program which was sci you know oh and yeah then i mm -hmm. would and then i would clean up all of the rough sketches as full drawings 
in Psy and then re-import them into Adobe Animate and then place all the frames in the right place. And that was my process. And it was a yeah. mess. It was oh, so, so so you would still use like the functions of Adobe Animate, like like tweening stuff around and like and, yeah. and all that stuff, but not do the actual drawings. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, it's it, messy, it works. but yeah, I mean, a lot of animation oh, is messy. messy and tedious. Yeah, it, it's it's messy and tedious, but it's like you still get like the functionality of it. I love the I love the features of it, but like the drawing itself was just a pain. Um, and so Clip is like it's the best of both worlds, where it has great features and functionality, but then drawing in it feels intuitive, where it's like you're using a regular illustration program, but then you can clean up all your animation in one program. And then like export it from there, which is super cool for me. So like you know, streamlining the process is great. Um, and I switched in like 2023. Mm. So coming from my previous animation experience, it became a lot easier to like do animation start to finish, which was very very encouraging. And and that's kind of why my output increased with animation because you know my process became less of a ordeal <laughs> you yeah know? that's so that's so encouraging for me to hear because i've i've been using i've been start slowly starting to use clip studio Paint because i started in the adobe suite right and mm -hmm. then i was just like it's too expensive i don't want to keep like putting so much money into adobe because like now it's like the subscription model and so i started uh... looking to alternatives and and that's how i started using clip studio paint and I really love it because the lasso tool and like the vector is so nice. And like you said, I think it's so nice to draw in it. I haven't yeah. yet gotten to animate in it. So uh, it's cool to hear that. Highly you're... recommend. I'm such a caveman, <laughs> dude. I, I I just animate everything in animate. I do my illustrations in animate. I do like. Oh my God. Just like just every, I do my paintings in animate half of them. You're crazy. That's impressive. <laughs> That's insane. I use a lot of like gradients and like and like half like opacities and and stuff. So it's sort of like me trying to do the best I can with with this like primitive program that hates me. <laughs> I, I think I, I just have these comfort zones. It, it, I think it is a fault of mine, but you know. But I mean, it's hard to switch programs. Like honestly, like for anybody listening, it might happen. It might happen in your lifetime because you know Sean and I were so old. But uh, we like you, you start you start using a program and then you get really good at it and then you're like hell yeah, yeah I'm never gonna this is gonna be my ride or die and then uh -huh. and then they do this fucked up thing where they like just hike up the prices and make it a, a monthly yep. subscription model and then price you're like, gouging yep. yeah you're yeah like, you gotta jump ship sometimes yeah yeah it's it's tricky I. Like I respect the idea of committing to a program, like like getting married to a program, because I still use Psy. I love Clip, mm -hmm. and it would make sense to do my entire workflow in Clip because I import my drawings into Clip anyway. Mm. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. Psy is just like it's it's what I've been using since I started digital art, and I'm so comfortable with it. And like mm -hmm. the the brush settings are perfect for me, and so I'm like I'm probably always going to use Psy, you know. And, and I can't see I can't see something dethroning it per se. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll learn new things, but I feel like my heart's always going to belong to that one program. And I think every artist has like a program that's like near and dear to their it's heart. It's like their comfort zone you know when that, yeah. 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 When you really want to like you show out, it's like, I know, I know this program inside and out. Like I can, I can do, I can work wonders. I can do my magic in this one, you know?
You know, that's why there's some people who are still doing like flip note on, on the DS. Yeah. Like they just mastered that. They mastered it. And now they're out here just making some absolutely insane masterpieces just because they absolutely like learned this one thing in and out and they just they just they can do it like nobody else can. So there is something to like really, you know, finding your finding your thing and then just like grasping it and mastering it. You know? I only animate with Google Jamboard. That's it. That's impressive. No, no, no. Let me tell you. No onion skin, just like. I'm telling you, because figuring this out is is actually scary. Like it's it's really it's really daunting because I already have a weird thing about like I get nervous like doodling when people can see me like do the process because I'm like it's an awkward process. It's like clunky. I feel like I'm erasing and undoing, right? And then I've never really used like Jamboard before like this. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, I need to figure it out. But then it's like, this isn't, I'm not representing my drawing skills very well. You know, I'm <laughs> freaking out, you know? And so like, I, I like, that's the, that's what it feels like using a new program where you're like, mm-hmm. if I start using it and I don't take to it immediately, I'm just like, oh, maybe I really can't draw. Well, I- <laughs> it, it, our, our, our podcast is a little bit like hot ones in that we subject our guests through like a very stressful thing that makes them doubt themselves and is very distracting <laughs> and it makes them feel like they can't draw and we're, we're like hey run through this gauntlet of drawing in the worst possible program to draw in but the thing is is i actually think that there's so many people that use so many drawing tricks that sometimes you end up coming across people who can't really draw they just make it look like they can draw a little bit and a program like this dissolves you down to your bones you're just a fucking skelly on display and you you know it's just your lines just like your lines and your lines that are being interfered with by you know your internet and your like like your you know whatever the primitive smoothing of this program if there is any yeah, like so I'll draw true. something and the line will disappear. It's like it's terrifying. Yeah. Just like, kidding. Oh <laughs> and then, like, Fuck you. And then, yeah, and then it reappears. And then it reappears. I'm like, wait, no. <laughs> like it's so, it's so like, you know. It, I think that part of it though is fun. It's like you're fu- figuring out how to like do like draw the way that you draw, but like using the tools that you have. And it's like you realize, no, sometimes I need to like adjust my style for the program that i'm using yeah and like yeah yes that's that's scary because your process is your process and like that's why we get so like used to using one thing yeah. but like there is something kind of humbling about like oh no i need to change the way that i'm drawing to fit the tools that i'm using and that in and of itself is like an exercise in in patience and you know like your i don't know your artistic acuity mm-hmm. Like, can I adapt? Can I, like, I adapt to this? It's also so funny, program. like, quick tension, but, like, you're talking about, like, drawing in different pro- programs. And I tried that one time with my webcomic where I usually draw in Starter Pro where I have, like, my settings set up and all that. And my line is very, like, thick and kind of, like, squiggly. And then once I was like, you know what, I'll I'll just kind of clean up my web my comic in Clip Studio Paint to see if that if I'm just as fast as Starter Pro. And but the lines came out a little different, and I was like, "This is fine. It still looks good." And I posted it, and then people had like this really funny reaction where they were like, "Wait, did did you draw this? What is this?" And then they read the description, and they read that I drew it in another program, and they're like, "Oh uh, my god, I knew, I knew something was off." Something <laughs> was, like, was different. 
oh god ever so slightly i just thought it was so funny because like they kind of had this like kind of uncanny yeah. like reaction to like <laughs> i've got something's different i've gotten to yeah, the point like... i've gotten to the point where i don't like when my drawings are too pretty and like mm. sometimes there's some of these mm. some of these programs are like they don't interfere with me enough. It's it's sort of like mm -hmm. like a character who like wears weighted clothing or has some sort of suppression gym. Oh my gosh! Because yes, their chakra like would kill everybody if they like walked yeah. around with it loose. Like so, they wear something that you know, like some sort of amulet <laughs> that compresses it. I feel like that's what Adobe Animate does for me like i oh feel like if i allow myself to i'm like i'm just getting distracted doing the texture on trees and i'm supposed to have half this thing done by already and i'm just trying mm -hmm. to make everything look pretty my stuff isn't supposed to be pretty i don't know yeah like art's supposed to be it's supposed to be an ordeal you know sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's supposed to be a little rough a little you're supposed you. to suffer you're supposed to suffer a little bit uh, to, you know I, I mean, mean? To, if you want to be happy <laughs> yeah, you gotta suffer you gotta suffer to be happy man like if you truly want to be happy you need to get as miserable as possible as fast as possible <laughs> join you know, uche's a course a coaching course this is exactly. the running theme of this episode i feel like you just misery feel like, yeah. it's callbacks dude we're call doing callbacks Heck oh, yeah man. dude return uh, to the bit return to the you bit. think i just forget jokes dude I'm like a freaking elephant about jokes. Exactly. You gotta you gotta remember everything. You pull out a joke from like 45 minutes ago in the recording, and you're like, I almost forgot. It's like, no, you gotta remember. You gotta keep you gotta keep the running jokes running. It's the, it's you, the same the lifeblood. It's the same technique that I use to lie awake in bed at 3 a.m. and remember something I did when I was 12, and I said in school, and I got embarrassed. You know, and I'm just lying remember awake. That joke that joke you said when you were 14 that nobody laughed at. Remember that time you told a joke and then you're, you're, the guy sitting next to you said it louder and then everybody laughed and then you looked like yeah. a fool and you were like, oh, it's my joke. And then everybody said, stop being a square. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. One one time, I, one time I talked my parents into getting this expensive hoodie and I was so excited about it. I was like, this is going to make me popular in school. This is really cool hoodie. And I got to school and <laughs> a real big on the front, it said pure playa on the hoodie. And I, you know, I was like 12, 14 and like, oh and, and just immediately, like five seconds in a girl came up to me and was like, that's really disrespectful to women. And I was like, like class hadn't even started yet. And I was like, oh shit, I'm in for an ordeal. I didn't wear a shirt under this. No, I'm just kidding. I wore a shirt under this, but uh, oh, <laughs> no, 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 I did. Uh, yeah, of, but... all the, of all the criticisms of that Sure, I, 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 that hoodie. I didn't think disrespectful to women was gonna be. Yeah, I, I would have thought that someone would come up and say you're not. It's obvious that you're not. Yeah. <laughs> Underneath. Also, what a thing to say to somebody. <laughs> Imagine that level of like that the the hater energy that takes to see somebody wear a shirt that says like pure playa, and you go up to them and point at them, and you're like, you're not. That's you're not. So you're not. Funny. You're not. This fourteen-year-old who wears Hawaiian shirts to school every day and tucks them into his khaki pants is not. <laughs> they just—they weren't ready for the drip. That's what happened. They were jealous. They were jealous, and they weren't ready for the drip. No, and it's, they true. Got it's true. It's and they true. They were like, "We got to tear him down. We got to tear him I, down." They got to. I didn't. Down. I hadn't earned the drip. I think it was the problem. I don't know. Okay, not to, to make this a whole like gender debate, but it's true that the one time that somebody came up to me to like criticize my look was another girl, and she was like, 
she came up to me and she looked at my makeup and she's like, you look like a clown. And then she like ran away. Sashayed away. <laughs> yeah. wow. I was just like, <laughs> it was really like, she's hide her in the face. Just... It's funny to well, me when like... I, when I think back to it, because I'm like, it's such a crazy thing to say. And I was like, what am I going to do? I'm not going to like take off my face. So I was just like, I'll just go to school. <laughs> just start, and then... sawing your, yeah. start sawing your face off. Right. No, dude. Like, you should have just karate chopped her in the neck. That's what you should have done. Like, look, look, here's the thing. Just, <laughs> the sad part about the story, though, was that her friend came to see me after and she apologized to me for the, the, the girl who was mean to me. And then I was like, ooh, I feel I feel bad for this dynamic. And I felt good about myself because I was like, at least I don't want to do this. That's so funny. You're like, oh man, they have the carpool here. That was probably an awkward car at home. We were like, that was really mean what you said there. That was yeah. really mean what you said back then. You didn't need to, you didn't need to do that. Exactly. Really like, That's one of those experiences, like someone just being mean to you, you just catch a stray for no reason. It's like the kind of thing that you, like, somebody comes up to you and they just say something really mean. They're like, like, and it'll be the most random thing that you have never thought about in your life, wasn't an insecurity of yours. And then boom, you think about it for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Like yeah, as a yeah, kid, yeah. Yeah, someone yeah. approaches you, they're like, you know, it was like one of the first days I ever wore like shorts in like to school. Cause it was like, what you could do? Yeah. Somebody came up and they were like, well, you have really skinny legs. And I wanted to burst into flames. I was like, I have never considered that in my life. <laughs> That's something that I need to look at. And now that is going to haunt me. I don't even look down there. I still think about that, dude. Like I, yeah, I still think about that. I'm like, damn. Maybe they were short. Oh, no. Maybe they were like, they, you were just face, your legs were just in their face. I don't know what it was, but it, it <laughs> I didn't know what to say. What do you say to that? Okay. It's so, so crazy. Hey, yeah, I don't because, know. Thank you. Because people are like looking, it's kind of this thing where it's like, why are you paying attention to my legs? It's kind of, you know what? I, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So many other things to look at. What is, why out of all the, the things that are available, for you to gaze upon, it was <laughs> my skinny yeah. legs. <laughs> Hypothetical, Uche. You're you're at school. You're in the lunch line. Some kid comes up. It says like the meanest possible thing to you. You have creative block. How do you deal with it in that moment? You know, in in that in that line in that line. So we're talking about how do I deal with creative block, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, creative block for me is of real challenge because like, I think I get into this mindset where creative ideas are just supposed to flow freely. Like they're just supposed to come naturally because you know, when you're an artist, you see yourself as a creative person almost inherently because you kind of have to be, mm -hmm. but there are times where just nothing is striking you, you know, nothing is really inspiring you and you feel stuck. And usually in situations like that, I'll look at things and it's kind of cliche, in a way, but like, I just look at the things that inspire me. Like I'll watch the stuff that really motivates me to, to make things because I look at things that are cool that like remind me why I draw in the first place. For example, like if I watch a Studio Ghibli movie with or without creative block, I'm going to be thinking about like, oh man, it would be so cool to make something like this. You know, if I'm watching an, a, like a particularly interesting or experimental animation and I think to myself, dude, I wish I could create something as like inventive as that. And it, it really does spark something where you're reminded, oh yeah, I don't do this because I have to, I do it because I really think it's rad. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like going back in with that mindset usually unlocks something for me, you know, like just kind of reminding myself, I do this because it's genuinely fun and it's how I express 
the things that I think are cool. And so sometimes I'll just need that little push of, hey, I really love this thing and I really want to like pay homage to this thing or I really want to like do my spin on this kind of thing or express my ideas in a similar way. And that usually gets the ball rolling because a lot of our creativity starts off a little bit derivative anyway Mm -hmm, you know we mm -hmm. see something and we're like i want to make that you know we start off with the cartoon characters we like and then we just try to draw them over and over and over again and we start making our own but i think that that baseline inspiration that like that thing of seeing something and that makes you want to create that's always what kind of gets me back and like a lot of times when i feel the most stuck i'll stop and i'll realize yeah i haven't really watched anything in a while i haven't really listened to any new music in a while. I haven't really been consuming art. And and so like when I'm recycling the same kind of things that I've ingested, it gets stale. And then that's part of how I get stuck. Mm-hmm. And so I try to avoid that by just like, you know, listening to new stuff, watching new stuff, revisiting stuff that always inspires me, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and like going back to those comfort films or like those, those comfort shows that always like, kind of remind you of that spark you know that that always helps sometimes stepping away and just like consuming things that you like helps you know because that's I think Mm -hmm. a lot of the baseline for creativity sometimes that's great I love that answer because it's like it's kind of like rekindling er, rekindling that fire (laughs) I was trying to sound so smart and then rekindling say the words rekindling Rekindling. the the fire (laughs) that's so real we have questions from our listeners. I don't know if we're going to get through all of them, but I want to give a quick shout out to our patron Puzzle Glum and to uh, our YouTube listener at Sivaross2868. And because a lot of the questions that we're getting, I think are kind of like around the same uh, theme. So on Instagram, weird underscore O also asks, what are your comedic influences, whether they be movies, shows, or other artists, et cetera? Yes. Okay. Wow. That's a <laughs> great question. That's a that's that's challenging as well. Cause comedy is so like amorphous. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like mm-hmm. it's like there's so much to it. I think a lot of my like day-to-day influence is just like people, like mm-hmm. in general, like my friends and just like observing people. Like I'm the type of person where I like going to just just like I like talking to strangers and I like you know (laughs) like just like the weird things that people do and say and like the weird you know idiosyncrasies of of like the way people talk to each other that always that's always funny to me like I, I find humor in like the most standard interactions because it's just like the little things that we all do that we pretend that we don't and like the little like things that we pretend about and like just the little weird things that we as humans do always like those things make me laugh you know and then like a lot of the the stuff that I grew up with had a very certain like specific flavor of humor like I mentioned it I I mentioned Adventure Time earlier Mm -hmm. and like that was a big one for me because the humor was so off kilter it was so rooted in you know both the fantastical but then also like the fact that the characters had such regular reactions to these things and that was the thing it was like the characters felt real even though their world was so fantastical because they would just react to things in such a human way mm-hmm. and, and that's just I think that's one of the the the, fu- the best things about comedy is that it's rooted in just like observation like seeing something that's just like this is just a weird thing that people do 
and then recreating that and you know and just seeing how how ridiculous a situation you can create while maintaining that realism of how people would react to it so mm. like goofy cartoons anime especially like over the top like super bizarre anime like if you look at something like Nishijou, that mm. always inspires me because it's like it's it's taking a very normal situation and then blowing it completely out of proportion like stuff like that mm-hmm. always makes me laugh regular show mm-hmm. same thing where it's like yeah. it starts off with such a simple premise and then through that premise you just take it to an extreme you know what i mean and then you just keep riffing on it until it's almost unrecognizable from the start <laughs> you know yeah. that stuff always kills me and so just like stuff that does that like that always inspires me because it's like you can take something really simple and then make it wild and crazy like my my most recent comic is very similar it's that like we're talking about like generational bias and like having rose tinted glasses when you look at the past and stuff like that very simple conversation and then the gag at the end is that like uh, I tell him that I can't take my rose tinted glasses off and he asks why Mm -hmm. and I pull like a nose hair and it like activates like rose tinted like (laughs) lenses in my eyes and I tell him I had my rose tinted glasses surgically implanted (laughs) transition lenses right exactly (laughs) it's like it's it's stupid it like it doesn't really like it's a non sequitur in a way but it also like feeds into the overall theme but it's like mm-hmm. you're just taking the general basic concept and then like, all right, how can I make this absolutely ridiculous? Uh, or how can I just make this weirder than it needs to be? And that's always like a fun process is just like taking something really basic and then just like playing into it and like seeing, okay, how can I take this to its natural conclusion in a really goofy way? That always inspires me. And then also just like, yeah, like like what's it called? Just absurdist humor. I mm-hmm. love absurdist humor something like airplane was one of the early like first comedies i watched where i was just like they're really just making shit up like they're just (laughs) they're like they they don't care if it fits in the plot they don't care if it makes any sense they're just they just thought it was funny and they threw it in there and so like i'll do i'll do like references to like airplane sometimes just like funny lines that that like have stuck with me like I still think that like the the whole like don't call me Shirley joke it's one of the dumbest jokes that has ever made me cackle and anytime somebody references that it it, it kills me and I and I put it I put, I feel like I put it in so many comics where it's like just the whole like uh Shirley you can't be serious is like I am serious don't call me Shirley it's like it's so it's such a basic joke but it's like it's like those grown worthy jokes always always really work on me you know like just like yeah. wordplay jokes yeah, yeah, yeah. i think that's the the, the, yeah. the word for it where it's mm-hmm. like someone will say two words and then i just instinctively will just mash them together into yes. a new word yeah. love that yeah, shit. Yeah. i love like wordplay and stuff like that like th- those always i love that like language jokes um there's an episode of vibe check where the punchline of the joke is literally just an extended alliteration it's like the entire episode leading up to it like it's like they're in the middle of like they're starting a fight with somebody and like all of the dialogue leading up to like the last like dialogue monologue or whatever is all in service of like building this alliteration that's just like an extended like every basically every word is just a word that starts with c 
And so all of that was just like, I was like, that would be really funny if the end of it is just like a long-winded, like alliteration joke. And it's like, I don't know if anyone else finds that as funny as I do, like when I was writing it, but I was like, I was chuckling. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm putting that, I'm keeping that in. You know, the whole thing is just like, nothing really happens in the episode besides like, a setup for just like a ridiculous word joke. And I think that stuff like that, where you just go over the top to commit to like a, a simple, ridiculous bit is 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 my favorite kind of stuff. Uh, so like, I try to do that as much as I can, just like taking something that I think is funny and running with it until it's only funny to me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I love that. That's so true. I think, I don't know. I feel like if you're laughing at your joke somebody else has to laugh too right i don't know like it has to be yeah. at least yourself laugh because if you don't even laugh at your own joke then you know who's gonna find it funny kind of thing right yeah it's yeah for sure for <laughs> sure it's like the be yourself thing everyone yeah. says be yourself but we don't really like <laughs> unpack what that means and i think what it means in comedy is that like if you think it's funny and nobody else thinks it's funny it's still going to be funnier to you than if you make something that's just going to make other people laugh and you don't find it funny. Mm -hmm. And that's a big pitfall of like relatable humor mm -hmm. is that like a lot of people are afraid that their jokes are going to be like, they're not going to be relatable. But the thing is, if you just make it authentically what you find funny, the right people will find it funny. People who like get your, your sense of humor, they're going to gravitate towards you. Whereas if you're making stuff that's just supposed to be like broadly appealing, yeah, a bunch of like a lot more people are going to be able to like, you know, blow air out of their nose. Right. But if you make something that's very specific, like very, very niche, then the people who get it are going to laugh twice as hard, you know, mm -hmm. as compared to like, if it's just like a general relatable, funny sentiment, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, like earlier when uh sean when you were talking about like the way that you know pendleton ward would draw like hands with guns yeah you know what i mean stuff like that that's not a like a mass appeal kind of visual gag no like, that's not. not like a thing where everybody's gonna be like oh that's that's a really relatably funny thing it's but a taste to the thing for where, sure yeah it's a taste thing and so the people with that taste they're gonna be rolling you know what i mean <laughs> you can get like a moderate laugh from a lot of people or you can get like, uh, you know, tears streaming, you know, <laughs> rolling on the ground laugh from a select few people. And that second one is a lot more rewarding to me, I think, you know, like being weird and authentic to like what you find funny yeah. and then finding the little group of people who find that insanely funny. That's the best. Like that's the sweet yes. spot. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I can write. I can try to write clever jokes all I want. But I think mm -hmm. the ones that always make people laugh the most are sort of those like the ones that just start in your gut and make you belly laugh. And, and usually it's a reaction <laughs> to like just somebody yelling or like or, or or like or somebody holding something in a stupid way. Like like it's usually not the, the sophisticated stuff, at least for me, that makes me like mm -hmm. actually laugh out loud usually. And, and, and so like for me, I try to customize my writing process around that i'm like i'm gonna try to write mm -hmm. the stuff that makes me laugh the most it's not going to be wordplay that makes me laugh necessarily it's going to be how stupid the situation is or how it's escalating and everyone's stressed out or it's compounding and like you know whatever whatever it is yeah 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. Like that's why pee pee poo poo humor has its place. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> just, just you know what I mean? Like see, like even just saying the word pee pee poo poo humor is like it's yeah. funny. It's like it's not sophisticated. It's not comedy writing. It's just like there is something that's just hilarious about base level brain rot. That's yeah. just. <laughs> It's hard to describe the idea that like (laughs) there's a there's like a a, there's like a joke that I find hilarious where it's like somebody it's just like this 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 woman is like I I need advice from my ancestors it's like I'm going through a a difficult time it's like tell me ancestors what must I do and it's just like (laughs) it just cuts to like a caveman's face just and it just says ooga booga and I'm like that's so funny like it's not even clever per se it's just like a caveman saying ooga booga is like i'm just like yeah so true like that's so real you know what i mean like the the reject humanity return to monkey kind of thing where it's like you know it doesn't need to be high thought it just needs to be kind of funny it just needs to be like this is stupid enough to make me laugh and i don't really need a good reason why it's funny but it works like the things that I send to like my brother for example like we have a very specific sense of humor where I know that only he will find this funny and and I'll send it to him and it'll just be like the most like rapid cut like brain melting just (laughs) like a cacophony of sound effects and images that's just (laughs) nonsensical and I couldn't explain why it's funny (laughs) but I know that it'll make him laugh and it's like that's enough like just you don't need to be able to like craft the perfect joke but there is like a very visceral sense of like this will make people laugh and I don't know why but it works and and, like those have their place as as well as like the the really well planned out you know comedically sound jokes you know honestly that's so real I I have in my so I have a short that's coming up an animated short and one of and I was trying to to put a, as many jokes as I could in it, and there's a moment I was like, oh well, this character has to like kind of like slip and fall and accidentally hit the other character because I think like characters accidentally hitting each other is really funny, and <laughs> I was like, I was like, how can they just like fall? And I was just like, you know what? They're gonna s- slip up on the banana peel, and it still makes me laugh just because it's just so dumb and it's like sometimes like you said you don't have to come up with something that's crazy like high brow you could just be like yeah they need to slip here's a banana peel a joe mama joke is still funny, <laughs> <laughs> still funny. literally <laughs> like like it's like it's like the whole ligma thing you know what i mean it's like yeah. it's like there's there's one of my favorite like it's it's a really funny just like image someone took like just screenshots from watchmen right it's like (laughs) it's like i mean spoilers for watchmen i guess but there's a scene where like rorschach's talking to dr manhattan and they just took those screen caps and it's just like uh he's just like it's so sad that steve jobs died of ligma and then rorschach is like who's steve jobs (laughs) And then <laughs> Dr. Manhattan just says ligma balls and just vaporizes him. And that's, and that's like, it's like, it's so funny in that it's like, you're setting someone up for a joke. The joke doesn't land. In a cartoon that you control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you could write the joke perfectly, but it's like, what if you, you like the joke flops and it's in your control 
and then the, the person still tries to complete the joke anyway. It's like, that stuff is hilarious to me, where it's like someone trying to be funny and failing can be just as funny as someone succeeding in a joke. And I think like, I don't know, even someone like Norm MacDonald, like as a comedian, that was one of the things that like made him a great, in my opinion, is that he would make a joke and sometimes the joke was that the joke wasn't funny and he didn't <laughs> care. And in, in fact, he didn't even seem to notice. Like when he, when a joke landed and when a joke didn't land, he had the exact same reaction, which was like vague confusion, where it's like, he's almost confused as to why anybody would laugh at that because he plays it completely straight. He's like, I, I wasn't even really joking. I wasn't really trying to joke. I was just saying stuff, but it clearly was a joke. And the joke is that the joke wasn't funny. Yeah. You know, it's like, and, and, and that's such a great, like, it's a, it's a great abstraction of humor. Like as a concept where it's like, it, it doesn't really have to make sense, but it's like, if, if it, if the confusion makes people laugh, that it's a joke that works. You know, like it's so it's so great. Like I and the, the, yeah, just like the weird contradictions of, of humor are also funny. You know, that's so funny. No, the, yeah, man, it's so it's so fun to hear you like talk about what you you like in comedy, and and I'm sure like all of the people who ask questions are going to be so excited to hear you talk about it because you have such a specific take on it. I I wish we could get to Cartoon Randy G two Sun Whiskers in KG. Sun Bows W's questions, but we are kind of fortunately getting to the end of this uh, very fun episode, everybody. So I guess my last question for you, which is, do you have anything you want to plug? Oh, man. Oh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, wow. I think Here's what I think I'll plug vibe check just because yes just because I've mentioned it a lot I've mentioned it a lot it's it's near and dear to my heart if you like comedy it's a nice light read for most of it and season two is coming out soon currently working on that so keep your eyes peeled if you are a fan of season one you know because I have had people ask me about that so yeah vibe check season two is happening and it is it is in progress and will be coming out shortly. Uh, but yeah, Webtoon Originals, vibe check, check it out for sure. Pressure by yes. Lil Wayne and 2 Chains. Check out the video for that because that was really fun to work on. And uh, yeah, more cartoons on the way. Super cool. Super cool. Hell yeah. More cartoons on the way. Well, that's the end yeah. of this creative vlog. Uche, thanks for being our guest and sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. And thanks to our listeners. Follow us on social media at CRTV Block, where we ask for drawing prompts and questions to ask our guests. Huge thanks to our editor, Clemens, for editing the podcast, Marco for helping us produce the show, and Abuka for creating the short clips we've been putting out. If you love our show, you can support us on Patreon. Um, becoming a patron gets you early access to interviews and access to our Discord community. But you can also support us by interacting with our content. You can subscribe, like, comment, all of these Smash things. that bell. Ring yeah. that bell like Notre Dame from the ring tops. Hit that notification <laughs> bell. It's a doorbell now. We're up, we've upgraded. Interacting with our content helps us get it in front of more eyeballs and more eyeballs means uh, that uh, we get uh, more support from we all the different social media. We need more eyeballs. <laughs> Give us your eyeballs. Yes, click the links in the description of this episode to follow Uche on all social media and to read Vibe Check. And I have been your 
host V. And I have been Eyeball Merchant. Uh, please keep being creative and we'll see you next week, but you won't see us because I'm collecting your eyeballs. Peace out. <laughs> Bye.